0: and twitch how do you do how do you do my lovelies how are you and you and you hello hello you delightful little beasties (laughs) how y'all doing oh dahlia no definitely did not get my settings fixed i don't know what the deal is y'all um i'm going to say i am still a huge discord fan however right now uh having some weird weird trouble connecting My settings are all correct, input-output settings, I have restarted my PC, I have downloaded and reinstalled, I have uh, uninstalled and reinstalled Discord altogether. Um, It's, I mean, the strangest thing is that when I hit, like, the test buttons inside Discord, they are picking up that my mic, I mean, I get throughput from my mic. I can hear my mic going through Discord, but it won't let me connect to any of the channels. Um that's not true it'll let me connect to a channel but the channel will not pick up that I've got my mic happening. Um I've got my I've got like input into my mic. It's very very strange. Very strange indeed. Like the the strangest. It would make a lot of sense to, it would make more sense to me if I tried to connect and like, you know, my uh, Discord just didn't realize I had a mic in, but like it knows I've got the mic connected. It knows I'm speaking into my mic. I can hear myself through Discord speaking into my mic. It's only the channels. Oh, if I've got it, s- Sander, I want to tell you something right now. If I have it set to push, t- to uh, push to talk, I'm gonna freak out. What is it? It's keybinds, right? Um, where's that? Where's that setting gonna be at? Uh, is it? Was it like controls or something? Connections. Oh, I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be livid. Let me see. Nope, I've got it under voice activity. Voice activity. Yep. So still, still weird. Still unknown. Still the great craziness. Um. Yeah, I, I should. Have, I don't know what it is because I didn't really change anything, frankly. Uh. I have no idea. I have no idea, but. Uh right now we're not going to mess with that because fortunately fortunately we have got tech genius a tech expert on our hands Sander <laughs> Sander, uh, Sander helped me with a workaround, which is going to be functional for right now. I'm just using the browser version of Discord instead of the app version. Uh, I've got the app version open so I can keep an eye on the Discord. I am going to be rolling deep in the Percy Jackson discussion channel. Um, I can see Jade. Jade says, OMG, can't believe I forgot it was Thursday. It is indeed Thursday. And welcome back, Jade. It's good to have you here. Yeah, Adventurer's Pack, hello, welcome back. Uh, Scott, I presume scott i presume i was also hoping it was going to be that that would have been a nice easy fix i as i said i would have been absolutely furious but you know it would have been nice if it were that simple (laughs) but yeah i think i've done my due diligence my due diligence y'all this does not bode well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if anyone was here on Tuesday for Vintage Sidecar, our very last um, uh, shortcuts, our very last short stories stream for Vintage Sidecar before we get kicked off with Murder on the Orient Express next week on Tuesday, uh, you'll know it's been a bit of a mumbly week. It's a bit of a mumble-mouth week for, for the old Samster, so we shall see, <laughs> old Sammy boy. We'll find out, won't we? adventures pack good to see you as it is great to see everyone here uh mystic queen hello i haven't seen you in recently i think that's a i think that's a new one not a new one but one i haven't seen in a while uh swan song of course uh, Gems, stationary Fork, Sander, Muffin Man, let's see, who else do we got? Midwest Millennial, hello! Welcome back to On Time This Week, it's good to have you here. Uh, Orly Rose, it's great to hear you too, I hope you're feeling better. I saw that, I, I saw you mentioned in Discord, you weren't feeling great. Rose, you have got to check out what we got accomplished on Wednesday. We've done, we did a a ton of cool stuff. Uh, We've developed out sort of like what's going on with that little mountain range that pushes into the towers and everything. Go check it out. You've got, we've got a, as a matter of fact, we've got a decision that you need to make as well. Um, You specifically, because it was your idea. So head on, head on over there, watch that, and let me know over in Discord when you have done so. Um, (laughs) The one on Brewery Lane? Indeed. Yes, of course, (laughs) Vane. Uh, let's see um, Sidecar uh, uh, Swan Song says Thank goodness it's Thursday the 12th and not <gasps> Tomorrow The 13th Oh god Indeed Everybody I have a, I have a question for you uh, Y'all know what's going on at the end of September I believe I've mentioned it I might have mentioned it a few times uh, Y'all we are talking Book Fair I hope y'all are excited. Now, before we get into this, all right, I need to tell you all this is not a final arrangement. Okay. What we're about to look at here is simply, I just filled up all the slots so that I could see sort of how many we had to work with. We're going to rearrange these. Okay. So, so know this, this is not, this is not uh, the day that all of these things are landing on. All right. These are going to be on different days. Some of them might accidentally be on the same day, but that's not what we're talking about here, okay? So, that being said, I want to take a look at this here. This is the schedule, the tentative schedule for Book Fair. I'm going to move myself halfway off the screen so we can take a look at this. So, Book Fair over here, uh, this is going to be a week full of streaming. I want you to check this out, and remember, this is not the final organization. This is just, I threw everything into a slot so i knew exactly how many i had to work with i'm looking at i'm gonna go through a rapid fire list are y'all ready for this okay get ready for this and and listen close and then head over to discord later tonight because we're going to be discussing these things we're going to be talking about when certain things make sense to do all right 14 streams two per day craft bash uh, that is going to be like, uh, probably like terrain crafting, maybe some, some cosplay stuff. I will probably let y'all decide what that's going to be. Spooky stories, that is going to be a reading stream. The first chapters of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, this is not me necessarily like starting the stream ongoing, but I definitely want to do the first ones because it sounds like a lot of fun. Sound bites where I just go ahead and, uh, I'm going to allow y'all to just send me stuff. You can just send Whatever. I'm probably gonna put a word count cap on there so we don't get too much. But I know one of y'all. I think it was. Oh, who was it? Was it Courier Six who wanted to hear me read the uh, waste, like nuclear waste disposal message? Um, whether it's that, whether it's uh, who was it? Nixon's uh, <laughs> Nixon's like address to alien life forms or something. If y'all want to hear me read something, anyone, anything from a, a, a famous speech in history to a Tumblr meme you've always wanted to hear out loud. In whatever voice y'all get to give me vocal direction, that's soundbite. I'm going to do a cooking stream. sad karaoke. Y'all know what side karaoke is. If you don't, you haven't been around here long enough. Uh, a, a session of uh, tabletop RPG something or other. I am still considering. I've got a strong leaning, but I'm still considering. That one's probably going to be a big one. Um, I think some darkroom games. Some games with the, uh, the darkroom server. Probably, I mean, I imagine Among Us is going to land on there someplace, right? Um... Somewhat like that. I would certainly say that Jackbox games are going to end up on the list there Um, A clue table read which is something we've been talking about for quite a while Uh, I want to do a table read and like every scene We're just gonna switch off whoever wants to voice whichever character. I'll probably do like I might do one character I'll let y'all decide I may do one character or I may just be like the narration, but we're gonna go through the the We're gonna go through the the script for clue and uh, we're gonna do, we're gonna let y'all do all the voices for it. So you're gonna get to be a character in like a scene or something. So uh, that's gonna be handled via Discord, assuming that all works properly. <laughs> Jackbox Games, uh, choose your own adventure. Uh, I really have wanted to do this for a little while, and I think Book Fair is going to be the perfect time for it. Clue does sound amazing. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, I imagine Phasmophobia is going to land on that list somewhere. Get uh, get the old boot and scoot back together again. Um, and then uh, I think some Minecraft and some Animorphs are also uh, due. Uh, these were almost all suggestions from y'all, and I really appreciate it. If you want to help me decide when these are actually going to be, because one final address, this is not going to be the final arrangement of things. This is just, I randomly distributed these things, alright? Get that through your skulls. Get that through your thick skulls. Go over to the Book Fair channel, and uh, I'm gonna be having votes slash suggestions for which streams end up being where throughout the week of Book Fair. Book Fair, final week of September. Be there, or uh, be... Busy. Those are your only two options. If you're not busy, you do have to actually be there. It is a mandatory attendance. Um, Otherwise, you will be given one. You'll be given a full desagulation. Alright, folks. I think that's quite enough of that, don't you? Y'all, I hope you're doing well this week. Uh, I think it's time we talked about book things, huh? Oops, I see the, the link already popped up. If you want to find the link over the Discord, you can find that, and many other things, including the link to the rapidly growing uh, Spotify. You can find those at the links that have just popped up in chat. Gems, I think Clue sounds absolutely amazing. Sander, I think you were right. The stage channel is going to work well for Clue. Um, we, we will do some testing beforehand, um, now that I know sort of what the rough arrangement is going to be. <laughs> Sander says, I might be sleeping sometimes. Does that count as busy? It doesn't. Still got to be here. Sorry. <laughs> Have a good one, Adventurous Pack. Some construction. Ooh, is it on what I hope it's on? Because that would be cool. Anyway, um, Vane says, "God, where did we leave off?" That's a great question. That's a great question, Vane. Hen says, "Sam dropped a sick track on Spotify." I did. I dropped like what At nineteen? Probably like close to forty probably close to 40 sick tracks, and they're each an hour or two long. It's the it's the Harry Potter episodes. Maybe, says Adventurer's Pack. Well, I'm very excited. Um, if y'all want to check out Adventurer's Pack, head on over there. Um, they have got a Discord, and uh, Adventurer's Pack, feel free to throw that in here, that link in. Uh, one more again. Y'all, let's talk review, I think. Yes? It is book time. It's book time, indeed, Mystic Queen. Let's talk. Let's talk. A week ago, last week, on Flying Sidecar, um, we began with. Uh, I, I mean, we we've been approaching this mountain for quite some time now. Yes, we've been approaching this mountain for a minute. Uh, we've got. <laughs> uh, I believe. Let's see. It was. We meet the dragon of eternal bad breath, and I put on a few million... Oh, sorry, no, that's one today. Sorry. I wrestle Santa's evil, evil twin, and we meet the dragon of eternal bad breath. We begin... Uh, we began last week, I should say, um, flying through the air uh, aboard two bronze angels heading toward San Francisco. We arrive at San Francisco, and... Um, I mean, very quickly, they realize, like, we don't know where Nereus is. But Zoe says, you know what? You can kind of find Nereus wherever. And Nereus is the person that they have to ask about what to do next. The Old Man of the Sea. Uh, Percy sort of gets up in a, a disguise and finds the Old Man of the Sea. They have a wild wrestling match that ends up in the ocean. And Percy gets to ask his one question. The question is... Tell me where to find this terrible monster that could bring an end to the gods, the one that Artemis was hunting. And he responds, easy, it's right there. Now get out of here, kid. Um, what, what, what? The only thing around is Bessie, the sea serpent cow. That can't possibly, wait a second. Wait a second. Zoe recognizes this story. It's the story of the Ophiatoris, This is is the sea cow serpent, and they were imagining it was going to be some massive creature, some terrible, terrible beast that was going to violently bring an end to the gods, but that's not it. This beast is one of almost perfect innocence, and to sacrifice that innocence grants great power, possibly sufficient power to end the rule of the gods this is what the prophecy has been about the whole time, that one of them, looks like maybe Percy, maybe Talia, is going to kill this beast and sacrifice it in order to gain the power to bring down the gods. As Talia is wrestling with this choice, the manticore shows up, Dr. Thorne. Um, They have quite the little battle here um which ends uh, as all of them work together but frankly the the big the big clinch moment the the one who comes in clutch here is Mr. D Dionysus he as far as we can tell crushes Dr. Thorne, the manticore in a uh, a, a tie of vines and uh, the rest of his forces these these uh, mundane mortal Mercenaries, there's a fun one, uh, they have uh, they've been all sort of like driven to almost like a drunken dancing madness. You're a little bit late, Sophia, but not very much. We're still going through the review. Um, finally, uh, chapter 16, we meet the dragon of eternal bad breath. In this chapter, we finally discover the connection between Percy and Zoe. This, uh, I mean this, I should say we clarify it. Um, they are heading up the mountain. Right? And they need a good way to get there, because they have to get there very quickly. Uh, they go to Annabeth's dad, Dr. Chase. And Dr. Chase gives them the car that they need. Um, they have a chance to talk to Dr. Chase a little bit. He seems to be very much like, not just a historian, but a history nut, frankly. Um, a huge history fan. And the, uh... The, the overall vibe they get from him is not the sort of hostile vibe they anticipated, considering all of the discussions that they've had with Annabeth about her relationship with her father. Um, he, he and uh, his wife, Annabeth's stepmom, uh, they willingly give whatever, uh, whatever they can to help, and are willing to accept that something seriously wrong is happening, and it's up to Percy and the gang to go save them. They got this car, they head up the mountain um the the clouds are swirling thick it almost looked like the clouds are coming down in a sort of uh like a whirlwind like a a a funnel cloud almost like a like a pre hurricane that's what it seems like it it almost like it comes down to meet the top of the mountain and this is where we find the general after a quick battle with the dragon um uh, laid on in the garden here, they manage to escape past, and we find Atlas here. The general, also known as Atlas, also known as the one who holds up the sky uh, and sort of like prevents the sky from coming in t- contact uh, with the earth. This is going to be the site of Mount Othrys. As a matter of fact, it, it this is sort of Mount Othrys. It moves much like Olympus moves. And Mount Othrys was the stronghold of the Titans. You remember, there are the gods and the Titans, and they were doing battle. The Titans lost, but this was their, this was sort of the, the, the capital of the Titan rule. And this is where they intend to bring it back. Finally, we find out the big, big, big twist for this one. Atlas is not just some Random. There's a connection here between Atlas and one of the members of the party. It's Zoe. It turns out Atlas is her father. And that, everyone, that's our review. I hope you all enjoy these chapters um, of Percy Jackson and the Olympians' The Titan's Curse. Chapter 17. I put on a few million pounds. The horrible thing was, I could see the family resemblance. Atlas had the same regal expression as Zoe, the same cold, proud look in his eyes that Zoe sometimes got when she was mad, though on him it looked a thousand times more evil. He was all of the things I'd originally disliked about Zoe, with none of the good that I'd come to appreciate." "'Let Artemis go,' Zoe demanded." Atlas walked closer to the chained goddess.
1: "'Perhaps you'd like to take the sky for her, then. Be my
0: guest.' Zoe opened her mouth to speak, but Artemis said, "No." Do you not offer Zoe, I forbid you? Atlas smirked. He knelt next to Artemis and tried to touch her face, but the goddess bit at him, almost taking off his fingers. <laughs> Atlas chuckled.
1: You see, daughter, Lady Artemis likes her new job. I think I will have all the Olympians take turns carrying my burden. Once Lord Kronos rules again, and this is the center of our palace, I will teach those weaklings some humanity.
0: I looked at Annabeth. She was desperately trying to tell me... something. She motioned her head toward Luke, but all I could do was stare at her. I hadn't noticed before, but something about her had changed. Her blonde hair was now streaked with gray. "'From... holding in the sky?' Talia muttered, as if she had read my mind. "'The... the white should've killed her.' "'I don't understand,' I said. "'Why can't Artemis just let go of the sky?' Atlas laughed.
1: <laughs> "'How little you understand, young one! This is the point where the sky and the Earth first met, where Oranos and Gaia first brought forth their mighty children, the Titans. The sky still yearns to embrace the Earth. Someone must hold it at bay or else it would crush down upon this place, instantly flattening the mountain and everything within a hundred leagues. Once you have taken the burden, there is no escape. Atlas smiled. Unless someone takes it from you.
0: He approached us. Studying Talia and me.
1: So, these are the best heroes of the age, eh? Not much of a challenge. Yeah, fight us, I said, and we'll see. Have <laughs> the gods taught you nothing? An immortal does not fight a mere mortal directly, it's beneath our Dignity. I will have Luke crush you instead. So you're another
0: coward, I said. Atlas's eyes glowed with hatred. With difficulty, he turned his attention on Talia.
1: As for you, daughter of Zeus, it seems Luke was wrong about you.
0: I wasn't wrong, Luke managed. He looked terribly weak, and he spoke every word as if it were painful. If I didn't hate his guts so much, I almost would have felt sorry for him. Talia, you can still join us. Call the Ophiotorus. It, it, it'll come to you. Look. He waved his hand, and next to us a pool of water appeared. A pond ringed in black marble, big enough for the Ophiotorus. I could imagine Bessie in that pool. In fact, the more I thought about it, the more I was sure I could hear Bessie mooing. Don't think about him! Suddenly Grover's voice was inside my mind. The empathy link. I could feel his emotions. He was on the verge of panic. I'm losing Bessie! Block the thoughts! I tried to make my mind go blank. I tried to think about basketball players, skateboards, the different kinds of candy in my mom's shop. Anything but Bessie. Talia, Talia, call the Ophiotorus. Luke persisted. You'll be more powerful than the gods. Luke, her voice was full of pain. What happened to you? Don't you remember all those times that we talked? All those times we cursed the gods. Our fathers have done nothing for us. They have no right to rule the world. Talia shook her head. Free, free Annabeth. Let her go. If you join me. If you join me, Luke promised. It can be like the old times. The three of us together, fighting for a better world. Please, Talia, if you don't agree. His voice faltered. It's my last chance. He'll use the other way if you don't agree.
1: Please. Please.
0: I didn't know what he meant, but the fear in his voice sounded real enough. I believed that Luke was in danger. His life depended on Talia's joining his cause, and I was afraid Talia might believe it too. Do not, Talia, Zoe warned. We must fight them. Luke waved his hand again, and a fire appeared. A bronze brazier, just like the one at the camp. A sacrificial flame. Talia, I said. No. Behind Luke, the golden sarcophagus began to glow. As it did, I saw images in the mist all around us, black marble walls rising, the ruins becoming whole, a terrible and beautiful palace rising around us, made of fear and shadow. We'll raise Mount Ulthrus right here, Luke promised, in a voice so strained it was hardly his. What's more, it'll be stronger and greater than Olympus. Look, Dahlia, we are not weak. He pointed toward the ocean, and my heart fell. Marching up the side of the mountain from the beach where the Princess Andromeda was docked, was a great army. Dracane and Lacedragonians, monsters and half-bloods, hellhounds, harpies, and other things I couldn't even name. The whole ship must have been emptied, because there were hundreds, maybe more than I'd seen on board last summer. Oops. Just a second, sir. The whole ship must have been emptied because there were hundreds, many more than I'd seen on board last summer and they were marching toward us in a few minutes they would be here
1: this is
0: only a taste of what's to come Luke said soon we'll be ready to storm Camp Half-Blood and after that Olympus itself all we need is your help for a terrible moment Talia hesitated. She gazed at Luke, her eyes full of pain, as if the only thing she wanted in the world was to believe him. Then she leveled her spear. You're not Luke. I don't know you anymore. Yes, you do. You do, Talia, he pleaded. Please, don't make me... Don't make him destroy you. There was no time. If that army got to the top of the hill, we would be overwhelmed. I met Annabeth's eyes again. She nodded. I looked at Talia and Zoe and I decided it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to die fighting with friends like this. Now, I said, and together we charged. Talia went straight for Luke. The power of her shield was so great that his dragon-women bodyguards fell in a panic, dropping the golden coffin and leaving him alone. But despite his sickly appearance, Luke was still quick with his sword. He snarled like a wild animal and counter When his sword, Backbiter, met Talia's shield, a ball of lightning erupted between them, frying the air with yellow tendrils of power. As for me, I did the stupidest thing in my life, which is saying a lot. I attacked the Titan Lord Atlas. He laughed as I approached. A huge javelin appeared in his hands. His silk suit melted into full Greek battle armor.
1: Go on, then.
0: Percy, Zoe said. Beware. I knew what she was warning me about. Chiron had told me long ago, Immortals are constrained by ancient rules. But a hero can go anywhere, challenge anyone as long as he has the nerve. Once I attacked, however, Atlas was free to attack back directly with all his might. I swung my sword and Atlas knocked me aside with the shaft of his javelin. I flew through the air and slammed into a black wall. It wasn't mist anymore. The palace was rising, brick by brick. It was becoming real. Atlas screamed gleefully, swatting aside one of Zoe's arrows.
1: Did you think, simply because you could challenge that petty war god, you could stand up to
0: me? The mention of Ares sent a jolt through me. I shook off my daze and charged again. If I could get to that pool of water, I could double my strength. The javelin's point slashed through me like a scythe. The javelin's point slashed toward me like a scythe. I raised Riptide, planned to cut off his weapon at the shaft, but my arm felt like lead. My sword suddenly weighed a ton, and I remembered Ares's warning, spoken on the beach in Los Angeles so long ago. When you need it the most, your sword will fail you. Not now, I pleaded, but it was no good. I tried to dodge, but the javelin caught me in the chest and sent me flying like a rag doll. I slammed into the ground, my head spinning. I looked up and found that I was at the feet of Artemis, still straining under the weight of the sky. "'Run, boy,' she told me. "'You must run!' Atlas was taking his time, coming toward me. My sword was gone. It had skittered away over the edge of the cliff. It might reappear in my pocket, maybe in a few seconds, but it didn't matter. I'd be dead by then. Luke and Talia were fighting like demons, lightning crackling around them. Annabeth was on the ground, desperately struggling to free her hands. Die, little hero, Atlas said. He raised his javelin to impale me. No! Zoe yelled, and a volley of silver arrows sprouted from the armpit chink in Atlas's armor. (sighs) He bellowed and turned toward his daughter. I reached down and felt riptide back in my pocket. I couldn't fight Atlas, even with a sword. And then a chill went down my back. I remembered the words of the prophecy. The Titan's curse must one withstand. I couldn't hope to beat Atlas, but there was someone else who might stand a chance. The sky, I told the goddess give it to me no boy artemis said her forehead was beaded with metallic sweat like quicksilver you don't know what you're asking it will crush you annabeth took it she barely survived she had the spirit of a true huntress you will not last so long i'll die anyway i said give me the weight of this sky. come on i didn't wait for her answer i took out riptide and slashed through her chains Then I stepped next to her and braced myself on one knee. Holding up my hands, I touched the cold, heavy clouds. For a moment, Artemis and I bore the weight together. It was the heaviest thing I had ever felt, as if I were being crushed under a thousand trucks. I wanted to black out from the pain, but I breathed deeply. I can do this. Then Artemis slipped out from under the burden, and I held it alone. Afterward, I tried many times to explain what it felt like. I couldn't. Every muscle in my body turned to fire. My bones felt like they were melting. I wanted to scream, but I didn't have the strength to open my mouth. I began to sink lower and lower to the ground, the sky's weight crushing me. "'Fight back!' Grover's voice said inside my head. "'Don't give up!' I concentrated on breathing. If I could just keep the sky aloft a few more seconds, I thought about Bianca, who had given her life so that we could get here. If she could do that, I could hold up the sky. My vision turned fuzzy. Everything was tinged with red. I got glimpses of the battle, but I wasn't sure if I was seeing clearly. There was Atlas, in full battle armor, jabbing with his javelin, laughing insanely as he fought. And Artemis, a blur of silver. She had two wicked hunting knives, each as long as her arm, and she slashed wildly at the titan, dodging and leaping with unbelievable grace. She seemed to change form as she maneuvered. She was a tiger, a gazelle, a bear, a falcon. Or perhaps that was just my fevered brain. Zoe shot arrows at her father, aiming for the chinks in his armor. He roared in pain each time one found their mark, but they affected him like bee stings. He just got madder and kept fighting. Talia and Luke went spear on sword, lightning still flashing around them. Talia pressed Luke back with an aura of her shield. Even he was not immune to it. He retreated, wincing and growling in frustration. "You!" Talia yelled. "You can never beat me, Luke!" He bared his teeth. "We'll see, my old friend." Sweat poured down my face. My hands were slippery. My shoulders could scream with agony. I felt like the vertebrae in my spine were being welded together with a blowtorch. Atlas advanced, pressing Artemis. She was fast, but his strength was unstoppable. His javelin slammed into the earth where Artemis had been a split second before, and a fissure opened in the rocks. He leapt over it and kept pursuing her. She was leading him back toward me. Get ready, she spoke in my mind. I was losing the ability to think through the pain. My response was something like...
1: You fight well for a girl, Atlas laughed. But you're no
0: match for me. He fainted with the tip of his javelin and Artemis dodged. I saw the trick coming. Atlas's javelin swept around and knocked Artemis's legs off the ground. She fell and Atlas brought up his javelin tip for the kill. No! Zoe screamed. She leapt between her father and Artemis and shot an arrow straight up to the Titan's forehead where it lodged like a unicorn's horn. Atlas bellowed with rage. He swept aside his daughter with the back of his hand, sending her flying into the back sending her flying into the black rocks. I wanted to shout her name, run to her aid, but I couldn't speak or move. I couldn't even see where zoe had landed then atlas turned on artemis with a look of triumph on his face artemis seemed to be wounded she didn't get up
1: the first blood of the new
0: war atlas gloated and he stabbed downward as fast as thought artemis grabbed the javelin shaft It hit the earth right next to her, and she pulled backward, using the javelin like a lever, kicking the Titan Lord and sending him flying over her. I saw it coming down on top of me, and I realized what would happen. I saw him coming down on top of me, and I realized what would happen. I loosened my grip on the sky, and as Atlas slammed into me, I didn't even try to hold on. I let myself be pushed out of the way and rolled for all I was worth. The weight of the sky dropped onto Atlas's back, almost smashing him flat until he managed to get to his knees, struggling to get out from underneath the crushing weight of the sky. But it was too late. He bellowed so hard it shook the mountain. NOT AGAIN! Atlas was trapped under his old burden. I tried to stand and fell back again, dazed from the pain. My body felt like it was burning up. Talia backed Luke to the edge of the cliff, but I still fought on next to the golden coffin. Talia had tears in her eyes. Luke had a bloody slash across his chest and his pale face glistened with sweat. He lunged at Talia and he slammed into her. He lunged at Talia and she slammed him with her shield. Luke's sword spun out of his hands and clattered to the rocks. Talia put her spear point to his throat. For a moment, there was silence. "Well," Luke said, he tried to hide it, but I could hear fear in his voice. Talia trembled with fury. Behind her, Annabeth came scrambling, finally free from her bonds. Her face was bruised and streaked with dirt. Don't kill him. He's a traitor, Talia said. A traitor. In my days, I realized that Artemis was no longer with me. She had run off toward the black rocks where Zoe had fallen. Well bring luke back annabeth pleaded to olympus he'll he'll be useful is that what you want talia luke sneered to go back to olympus in triumph to please your dad talia hesitated and luke made a desperate grab for her spear no annabeth shouted but it was too late without thinking talia kicked luke away He lost his balance, terror on his face, and he fell.
2: Luke!
0: Annabeth screamed. We rushed to the cliff's edge. Below us, the army from the Princess Andromeda had stopped in amazement. They were looking at Luke's broken form on the rocks. Despite how much I hated him, I couldn't stand to see it. I wanted to believe he was still alive, but that was impossible. The fall was fifty feet, at least, and he wasn't moving. One of the giants looked up and growled, Kill them! Talia was stiff with grief, tears streaming down her cheeks. I pulled her back as a wave of javelins sailed over our heads. We ran for the rocks, ignoring the curses and threats of Atlas as we passed. Artemis! I yelled. The goddess looked up her face almost as grief-stricken as Talia's. Zoe lay in the goddess's arms. She was breathing. Her eyes were open, but still. The wound is poisoned, Artemis said. Atlas poisoned her? I asked. No, the goddess said. Not Atlas. She showed us the wound in Zoe's side. I'd almost forgotten her scrape with Ladon, the dragon. The bite was much worse than Zoe had let on. I could barely look at the wound. She had charged into battle against her father with a horrible cut, already sapping her strength. The stars, Zoe murmured. I cannot see them. Okay, nectar and ambrosia, I said. Come on, we gotta get us some. No one moved. Grief hung in the air. The army of Kronos was just below the rise. Even Artemis was too shocked to stir. We might have met our doom right there, but then I heard a strange buzzing noise. <sniffs> Just as the army of monsters came over the hill, a sop with camels swooped down out of the sky. Get away from my daughter! Dr. Chase called down, and his machine guns burst to life, peppering the ground with bullet holes and starting the whole group of monsters into scattering. <coughs> Dad? yelled Annabeth in relief. Run! he called back, his voice growing fainter as the biplane swooped by. This shook Artemis out of her grief. She stared up at the antique plane which was now banking around for another strafe. A brave man, Artemis said with grudging approval. Come, we must get Zoe away from here. She raised her hunting horn to her lips and its clear sound echoed down the valleys of Marin. Zoe's eyes were fluttering. Hang in there, I told her. It's going to be all right. The sop with camel swooped down again. A few giants threw javelins, and one flew straight between the wings of the plane. But the machine guns blazed. I realized with amazement that somehow Dr. Chase must have gotten hold of Celestial Bronze to fashion his bullets. The first row of snake women wailed as the machine guns' volley blew them into sulfurous yellow powder. That's... my dad? Annabeth said in amazement. We didn't have time to admire his flying. The giants and snake women were already recovering from their surprise. Dr. Chase would be in trouble soon. Just then the moonlight brightened, and a silver chariot appeared from the sky, drawn by the most beautiful deer I had ever seen. It landed right next to us. Get in, Artemis said. Annabeth helped me get Talia on board. Then I helped Artemis with Zoe. We wrapped up Zoe in a blanket as Artemis pulled the reins and the chariot sped away from the mountain, straight into the air. Like Santa Claus's sleigh, I murmured, still dazed with pain. Artemis took the time to look back at me. Indeed, young half-blood? Where do you think that legend came from? Seeing us safely away, Dr. Chase turned his biplane and followed us like an honor guard. It must have been one of the strangest sights ever, even for the Bay Area. A silver flying chariot, pulled by deer, escorted by a Sopwith camel. Behind us, the army of Kronos roared in anger as they gathered on the summit of Mount Tamalpais. Behind us, the army of Kronos roared in anger as they gathered on the summit of Mount Tamalpais. The loudest sound was the voice of Atlas, bellowing curses against the gods as he struggled under the weight of the sky. <laughs> Okay, so pretty pretty clear to tell. Some of y'all are picking up what Dr. Chase is putting down, especially Orly Rose. <laughs> Orly Rose is like especially into this. Um, y'all, how you doing? How you feeling about it? I thought that was a pretty cool little scene there. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, had, I was a little nervous at first that it wasn't going to quite read. Oh, son of a gun ugh please tell me that this isn't true for for everything here. I just realized that my one of my voices was like the mix was zero so you were just hearing me like making random <laughs> you were just hearing instead of it, it was supposed to sound I guess a little bit interesting whatever it's fine it's fine I'm just gonna go with it <laughs> Please, please tell me at least y'all were able to hear this voice, right? I didn't just. I, I, this wasn't. It, Atlas's voice should have sounded like this, not like this, right? Tell me that much at least went through. Otherwise, I'm going to be. I'm going to be incredibly hacked. Okay, good. All right, it sounded. It sounded right. Excellent, y'all. An exciting little scene there. Um, and they are heading on away from. Mount, um, not Mount, oh shoot, what is it called? What's the name of the mountain? Oop, I done lost the thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's it called? Well, you know the one I'm talking about. The, uh, the, the seat of the, the Titans. As, uh, as the seat of the, um, Mount Ulthris. Ulthris and Olympus. I gotta remember, it's just, olympus and the other one author authris. that's how i'll try to remember this <laughs> we'll see if that works even though i'm fairly confident it won't mount Authris. o-t-h-r-y-s um and uh let's see gotta get this air conditioning on because i'm melting y'all how you feeling about that um i don't think i'm going to take a break for this one i am going to present you all however with a chatter break question because tis the season So, we know that the gods have been, uh, rather, the the, the Titan Kronos has been (sighs) plotting for a while. Now we've got the general in play, the general who turns out to be none other than Atlas, the one who holds up the sky, also a Titan, and also a huge deal, alright? Now that now that uh i guess Cronus's plans have been interrupted and titan's uh, uh uh atlas's plans have been entirely stopped atlas is back in his old position what comes next where are they going to try to hit next what is their next target how are they going to proceed here because i feel pretty confident they're not just going to stop in their tracks right in spite of all of uh the effort that they've gone through in spite of all of their losses the heroes have really only managed to delay things. And then finally, um, I'm, I'm also curious as sort of like a, a sub break question. Both Talia and Annabeth have just lost Luke. We know that the two of them, the, the, the three of them, I should say, were very close. And the moment that Talia gets Annabeth back, both of them lose Luke. What's going to happen to them as they move forward? Rose says, Well, we haven't done a maze or a puzzle quest yet. True. Well, we also need like a social encounter. If we want to make this a true RPG campaign, I think uh, to properly balance it, we need a dungeon uh, some sort of some sort of dungeon. Uh, we need uh, some, some puzzle solving, and we need a good social encounter or two. You know, maybe a gala of some sort. A, uh, a big ball that you have to infiltrate and <laughs> convince someone to hand over the deed to some castle out in the... I don't know. <laughs> I think you're right, though. Uh, it's been pretty hack and slash out there, but there's a lot in mythology with puzzles. Indeed, Orly Rose. Indeed, we've we've dealt with monsters, we've dealt with titans, we've dealt with gods, um, and uh, I think we can, of course, presume that we're going to be visiting many more locations from the mythical world. Jade says, <tick noise> "Was still good, uh, yeah." Atlas was working, but uh, is he really gone? And that's the thing. It, explicitly, he's not. You know what I mean? Atlas is Atlas is not out of the fight. He's just back where he was. Let's see, uh, a few months ago, essentially, right? They, they've not, they've not defeated atlas atlas isn't like uh you know burst into sparks or something atlas is still like very much in the game all that needs to happen is they need to find somebody else to sort of take that burden instead ouch i I just crushed my own toe underneath my own foot don't i don't want to talk about it Sandra says, "I wonder how they freed him." Yeah, it's a good point. I think I think the initial one was, I mean, Luke was being crushed under some weight. So here's here's the progression as I see it. I think I think knowing what would happen, uh, Kronos sort of devised the following plan. It starts with Atlas has it, Atlas is holding up the sky. I think Luke willingly accepted the sky knowing that um, Annabeth would take it from him. I think Annabeth, uh, I I think Luke knew that he wasn't going to have to hold it very long, and Annabeth might not have to hold it very long, because uh, somewhere within Cronus' plan was that one of the gods, it turns out it was Artemis, was going to come and take it for Annabeth. So, Annabeth was willing to. Uh, uh, Luke was li- willing to take it from Kronos because he knew Annabeth would take it, but knew that Annabeth wouldn't have to take it very long. And so, in this sort of like chain of chain of command here, or chain of uh, chain of the plan, um, uh, Luke takes it from Atlas. Annabeth takes it from Luke. Artemis takes it from Annabeth, and then, uh, of course, we find that Percy takes it from Artemis in this sort of, uh, like, a, a pretty clever moment, frankly. You know, he, he's a decent fighter, as fighters go, but certainly Percy is not going to beat this titan. But there's only... There's like there's one other person who might have a chance, and, you know, Percy's going to die anyway if he, if he can't manage to do this, so... Let's give Artemis a chance instead. So Percy takes it from Artemis, and then finally, uh, with a bit of trickery, back onto Artemis back onto Atlas's back, it goes. But some heavy losses sustained within that. Now, folks, we've got a decent bit of ground to cover today, so I'm going to rush on through to our very next chapter. Sanders says, uh, not everyone can take that burden. Indeed. Yeah, a bit of a hot potato thing. Orly <laughs> Rose. Yeah, indeed. Y'all, for anyone who's wondering, my name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories. Uh, a quick recap on what happened in the last chapter. Big fight! Um, they arrive at the top of Atlas's mountain, uh, Mount Othrys, which is much like Mount Olympus, a sort of moving idea of a location. And it is the seat of the Titans, much as Olympus is the seat of the gods. It is where they will sort of mount their attack from if they can succeed in uh, convincing one of our demigods either Percy or seems like their real goal is Talia, they can convince one of them to kill the Ophiuchus not the Ophiuchus, uh, the uh, Ophiatoris um, and uh, sacrifice it to gain the power to defeat the gods Luke believes that Talia will come over to their side um, because You know, she kind of hates the gods and what they did to her as much as Luke hates them. But she decides not to. An epic fight ensues in which Percy takes the brunt of the sky away from Artemis, and uh, between all of them, they manage to uh, fight Artemis. They manage to fight Atlas back into position underneath the sky, and he retakes the burden. But some casualties have been sustained. Zoe is terribly wounded, and in the end... Luke goes back over a cliff and falls to the stones below. Once again, my name is Sam, this is Sidecar Stories, and if you want to find out more about who I am and what we do here, you can follow the link that is going to pop up in chat below. There you are. Please follow that especially, most especially, to the Discord. Uh, Because that is where we do a lot of our discussion, almost all of our discussion, frankly. I suck when it comes to other social media like Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And when I say that, I just mean when you make stuff on the internet, you're supposed to be kind of like good at that stuff. And by that, I mean I'm supposed to be posting all the time. And I don't. I'm bad at it. I answer my DMs and I post when I have like an actual strong opinion on something. But that is not nearly as often as one, I guess, expects from someone in my position. So go to the Discord. We actually hang out in Discord. I, I mean, it's it's like, it's fun there. I have fun in Discord. Like, I don't have fun on Twitter or Instagram. So it, y'all can, <laughs> y'all over on Twitter and Instagram, y'all can get wrecked. Okay, y'all, let's go into our next chapter. Chapter 18, a friend says goodbye. We landed at Chrissy Field after nightfall. As soon as Dr. Chase stepped out of his Sopwith Camel, Annabeth ran to him and gave him a huge hug. Dad, you flew... You shot... Oh, my God, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Her father blushed. Well, and not bad for a middle-aged mortal, I suppose. But the Celestial Bronze Bullets, how did you get those? Uh, Well... You did leave quite a few half-blood weapons in your room in Virginia, the last time that you left. Annabeth looked down, embarrassed. I noticed Dr. Chase was very careful not to say, ran away. I decided to try melting some down to make bullets, he continued. Just a little experiment. He said it like it was no big deal, but he had a gleam in his eyes. I could understand, all of a sudden, why Athena, goddess of crafts and wisdom, had taken a liking to him. He was an excellent mad scientist at heart. Dad? Annabeth faltered. Annabeth? Percy? Talia interrupted. Her voice was urgent. She and Artemis were kneeling at Zoe's side, binding the huntress's wounds. Annabeth and I ran over to help, but there wasn't much we could do. We had no ambrosia or nectar. No regular medicine would help. It was dark, but I could see that Zoe didn't look good. She was shivering, and the faint glow that usually hung about her was fading. "'Can't you heal her with magic?' I asked Artemis. "'I mean, you're a goddess.' Artemis looked troubled. "'Life is a fragile thing, Percy.' If the fates will the string to be cut, there is little that I can do. But I can try. She tried to set her hand on Zoe's side, but Zoe gripped her wrist. She looked into the goddess's eyes, and some kind of understanding passed between them. Have I... have I served thee well? Zoe whispered. With great honor, Artemis said softly. The finest of my attendants. Zoe's face relaxed. Rest. At last. I can try to heal the poison, my brave one. But in that moment I knew it wasn't just the poison that was killing her. It was her father's final blow. Zoe had known all along that the oracle's prophecy was about her. She would die by a parent's hand, and yet she had taken the quest anyway. She had chosen to save me, and Atlas's fury had broken her inside. She saw Talia and took her hand. I am sorry that we argued, Zoe said. We could have been sisters it's my fault talia said blinking hard you were right about luke about heroes about everything perhaps not zoe murmured she smiled weakly at me do you still have the sword percy i couldn't speak but i brought out riptide and put the pen in her hand She grasped it contentedly. You spoke the truth, Percy Jackson. You are nothing like like Hercules. I am honored that you carry this sword. A shudder ran through her body. Zoe, I said. Stars, she whispered. I can see the stars again, my lady. A tear trickled down Artemis's cheek. Yes. Yes, my brave one. They are beautiful tonight. Stars. Zoe repeated. Her eyes fixed upon the night sky and she did not move again. Talia lowered her head. Annabeth gulped down a sob and her father put his hands on her shoulders. Talia lowered her head. Annabeth gulped down a sob, and her father put his hands on her shoulders. I watched as Artemis cupped her hand over Zoe's mouth and spoke a few words in Ancient Greek. A silvery wisp of smoke exhaled from Zoe's lips and was caught in the hand of the goddess. Zoe's body shimmered and disappeared. Artemis stood, said a kind of blessing, breathed into her cupped hand and released the silver dust to the sky. It flew up, sparkling, and vanished. For a moment I didn't see anything different. Then Annabeth gasped. Looking up in the sky, I saw that the stars were brighter now. They made a pattern I had never noticed before, a gleaming constellation that looked a lot like a girl's figure. A girl with a bow running across the sky. Let the world honor you, my huntress, Artemis said. Live forever in the stars. It wasn't easy saying our goodbyes. The thunder and lightning were still boiling over Mount Tamalpais in the north. Artemis was so upset, she flickered with silver light. This made me nervous, because if she suddenly lost control and appeared in her fully divine form, we would disintegrate by looking at her. We must go to Olympus immediately, Artemis said. I will not be able to take you, but I will send help. The goddess set her right hand on Annabeth's shoulder. You are brave beyond measure, my girl. You will do what is right. Then she looked quizzically at Talia, as if she weren't sure what to make of this younger daughter of Zeus. Talia seemed reluctant to look up, but something made her, and she held the goddess's eyes. I wasn't sure what passed between them, but Artemis's gaze softened with sympathy. Then she turned to me. "'You did well,' she said. "'For a man?' "'I wanted to protest, but then I realized it was the first time she hadn't called me a boy. "'She mounted her chariot, which began to glow. "'We averted our eyes. "'There was a flash of silver, and the goddess was gone. "'Well,' Dr. Chase sighed, "'she was impressive, though I must say I prefer Athena.' Annabeth turned toward him. Dad? I'm sorry that... He hugged her. Do what you must, my dear. I know this isn't easy for you. His voice was a little shaky, but he gave Annabeth a brave smile. Then I heard the whoosh of large wings. Three pegasi descended through the fog, two white-winged horses and one pure black one. "'Blackjack!' I called. "'Yo, boss!' he called. "'You managed to stay alive okay without me?' "'It was rough,' I admitted. "'I brought Guido and pork pie with me.' "'How you doing?' the other two Pegasi spoke in my mind. "'Blackjack looked over me with concern, "'then checked out Dr. Chase, Talia, and Annabeth.
1: Hey, uh, "'Any of these
0: goons you want us to stampede?' And "'No,' I said aloud.' These are my friends. We need to get to Mount Olympus pretty fast. No problem, Blackjack said. Except for the mortal over there. I I hope he's not gone. I assured him Dr. Chase was not. The professor started staring open-mouthed at the pegasi. Oh, fascinating, he said. Such maneuverability! How does the wingspan compensate for the weight of the horse's body, I wonder? Blackjack cocked his head. What? If the British had these Pegasi and the cavalry charges in Crimea, doctor Chase said, the charge of the light brigade. Dad, Annabeth interrupted. Dr. Chase blinked. He looked at his daughter and managed a smile. I'm sorry, my dear. I know you must go. He gave her one last awkward, well meaning hug. As she turned to climb aboard the Pegasus Guido, doctor Chase called Annabeth, I know I, I... I know San Francisco is a dangerous place for you, but please remember, you always have a home with us. We will keep you safe. Annabeth didn't answer, but her eyes were red as she turned away. Dr. Chase started to say more than apparently thought better of it. He raised his hand in a sad farewell and trudged away across the dark field. Talia and Annabeth and I mounted our pegasi together we soared over the bay and flew toward the eastern hills. Soon San Francisco was only a glittering crescent behind us, with an occasional flicker of lightning in the north. Talia was so exhausted she fell asleep on Pork Pie's back. I knew she had to be really tired to sleep in the air despite her fear of heights, but she didn't have much to worry about. Her Pegasi, her Pegasus flew with ease adjusting himself every once in a while, so Talia stayed safely on his back. Annabeth and I flew side-side. What? (laughs) Annabeth and I flew side-by-side. Hey, your dad seems pretty cool, I told her. It was too dark to see her expression. She looked back, even though California was far behind us by now. I guess so, she said. We've been arguing for so many years. Yeah, you said so. You think I was lying about that? It sounded like a challenge, but a pretty half-hearted one, like she was asking it of herself. I didn't say you were lying, it's just... uh, He seems okay. Your stepmom, too. Maybe they've uh, gotten cooler since you saw him last. She hesitated. They're still in San Francisco, Percy. I can't live so far away from camp. I didn't want to ask my next question. I was scared to know the answer, but I asked it anyway. So, what are you going to do now? We flew over a town, an island of lights in the middle of the dark. It whisked by so fast we might have been in an airplane. I don't know, she admitted, but thank you for rescuing me. Hey, no big deal. We're friends. You didn't believe I was dead? Never. She hesitated. Neither is Luke, you know. I mean, he isn't dead. I stared at her. I didn't know if she was cracking under the stress or what. And bet that fall was pretty bad. There's no way he isn't dead, she insisted. I know it the same way that you knew about me." That comparison didn't make me too happy. The towns were zipping by faster now, islands of light thicker together, until the whole landscape below was a glittering carpet. Dawn was close. The eastern sky turned gray, and up ahead a huge white and yellow glow spread out before us. The lights of New York. I was there for Speedy, boss. Blackjack bragged. We get extra hay for breakfast. Or what? Yep, you're the man, Blackjack. I told him. Uh, horse, I mean. You don't believe me about Luke, Annabeth said. But we'll see him again. He's in trouble, Percy. He's under a Kronos' spell. He's under Kronos' spell. I didn't feel like arguing, though it made me mad. How could she still have any feelings for that creep? How could she possibly make excuses for him? He deserved that fall. He deserved... Okay, I'll say it, he deserved to die. Unlike Bianca, unlike Zoe. Luke couldn't be alive, that wouldn't be fair. There it is, Talia's voice. She'd woken up. She was pointing toward Manhattan which was quickly zooming into view. It started. Uh, What started? I asked. Then I looked down to where she was pointing. Then I looked to where she was pointing. High above the Empire State Building, Olympus was its own island of light. A floating mountain ablaze with torches and braziers, white marble palaces gleaming in the early morning air. I said that I did the thing again, didn't I? It always goofs me. High above the Empire State Building, Olympus was its own island of light. A flowing mountain ablaze with torches and braziers, white marble palaces gleaming in the early morning air. "'The winter souths Talia said. "'Counter of the gods.' Here we go, folks. The end of our second chapter. Um, It won't let me change my (laughs) scenes here. I guess I can change them within this screen, but I can't do anything else. Um, It's fine, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so everyone, I hope you have enjoyed this quite a bit. I know I certainly have. in spite of the fact that OBS is frozen up on me, that is going to be uh the halfway point. What? Huh? Halfway. What does that mean? What are you talking about? How can it be halfway? Well, this is a four-chapter night. What? Four chapters. Unprecedented. Unseen. <laughs> Never before seen four chapters. That's right. You punk ruffians, this is a four chapter night. Never been done. You goons, this is the halfway point. I'm going to go take a quick break. I'm going to first leave you with a chatter break question. All right? Welcome to the chatter break. My name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories. Tonight is Thursday, which means this is Flying Sidecar, a voice actor's venture through some stories that we all love. And we are currently in the midst of the finale episode of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Titans Curse. So, we've got two more chapters to go. Uh, none of them were particularly long today, but the whole thing did land at almost like 13,000 words for the evening. So, you'll have to forgive me if I move on pretty quickly. Um, have a great night, Fork. Have a good one. Uh, thank you for coming in. Good to see you, as always. Um, I hope things are going well for you. Y'all go ahead Go and check out Stationary Fork. Uh, I don't believe uh, Fork is going to be streaming tonight because it sounds like bedtime is on the way. But uh, Stationary Fork streams, and you can find, wait, hold on, you can find her and the Killer, cutley, killer Cutlery stream uh, at that link right there. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thank you stationary fork so monday tuesday wednesday you can catch her early in the week over there if you go ahead and follow those links down below y'all chatter break question before i go onto my break it's gonna be a five minute break i'm gonna set a timer here on twitch so you can see how long i'll be gone and i stick by that pretty pretty well let's see chatter break question i mean we've talked a little bit about what the titans might be planning next especially chronos um but uh i think let's let's hit that second let's hit that second sort of sub question a little harder here because it seems like we've got a bit more information we know sort of how these work i think sander has commented here um uh that it's been said so it's almost 100 percent confirmed he is alive one of the tropes of this genre yep uh, i think this this idea that like if there's something impossible but someone sort of mentions it Typically we can anticipate it's gonna be a bit of foreshadowing, right? She insists Luke is still alive Annabeth insists that Luke is still alive. Um, We know there's a deep deep connection between Annabeth Luke and Talia All three of them traveled together for a long time uh, Sort of suffering by being not at camp because the camp wasn't what it now is Um, They just had to sort of try to live in the world in spite of the fact that as as a child of one of the big three Talia was, like, constantly hunted by monsters. Um, So they traveled together, and they spent time together. They relied on one another. They helped one another to survive. And now, Annabeth is sure, despite everything, despite what we just saw, that Luke is still alive. I guess my question, then, for the chatter break is, why and how? why and how. So, there we go. I will see you all in five minutes. Adios, gang. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. My name is Sam, this is Sidecar Stories, and I love you all. <laughs> Hello, wonderful people. Y'all, I'm so excited to be streaming tonight. I don't know why, I just like, hmm, just feels good. Um. Everybody, I hope you're all doing quite, quite well this evening. Uh, we are currently wrapping up. This is the, the finale episode of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Titan's Curse, which means that next week, as we continue with Flying Sidecar, we've got some catching up to do. Um, we are going to use this opportunity to fill in some of the gaps. Uh, this is going to allow me to sort of like have the time to re-record things. Uh, and we're going to be doing those in this streaming slot. So, uh, those are going to be some pretty like rapid fire ones. They're going to be just sort of like random episodes, frankly, from all over the gaff. So, hopefully that will not be too drawing for y'all. Uh, we're going to do some of this. I'm not insisting that we're going to get like every single missing chapter from the entire, uh, Sidecar Stories archives. But, uh, I definitely want to get sort of like, uh, the important ones out of the way. I think that'll be good, um, it'll be good to have those out, and then, after that, we can get started with Percy Jackson and the Olympians book four, which is going to be very exciting. Um, the, I I think we've got like, (laughs) we've got quite a bit of excitement still yet to go in this one, um, because we've just had like our first like major, major, uh, Death, frankly, you know, is our first big one. As we talked about, this genre sort of tends to hang out, um, uh, kind of away from th- from death in general. Uh, it tends to avoid it until the time when it feels like that is sort of like the, like the series has matured sufficiently. Um, and by death, I don't mean like death at all, because we've had you know we've we've had some some ones that maybe we're not quite as close to but this is the first major one that we really experience um as as grief let me see what chat has been saying about it jim says i feel so sorry for percy he feels for annabeth and is starting to admit it and annabeth just told him they are friends I think, frankly, I don't think we've seen too much in that direction. I think, you know, Percy probably like, he recognizes that uh, you know, he, he that she has some excellent qualities but we haven't seen, we spent a lot of time in Percy's head directly. This isn't like Harry Potter or something where like you know, we, we occasionally get glimpses in. We get a, we spent a lot of time inside Percy Jackson's head and you know, he's made mention that like he, he certainly recognizes her, her excellent qualities but he doesn't, like, talk about pining away after her. I think, if anything, you're right, That is like, he's starting to. He's starting to. Um, uh, I think, more than anything else, it, it is really the the idea that Percy is astounded that Annabeth would still be able to feel anything at all toward this person. Um, certainly, there must be some sort of, like, I, even if we take the, the romantic ideas out of it, surely, I think in any relationship, the idea of, like, loyalty exists. This exists with friends even even in non-romantic relationships. Like loyalty is loyalty is something that people feel and that they they understand and I think often that they sort of understand is like not a contract so much as just something that is recognized. And it's got to be a big a big hurt for Percy frankly. Um to spend so much time with Annabeth and to save her from stuff to have her save him from stuff to to go through it together i mean they're going through it right to live similar lives and to and to really be allies within that and yet still have annabeth thinking so highly of someone who percy only knows as an enemy percy knows luke i mean we could talk i guess a little a little i guess about the time they spent together at camp but frankly. Let's let's be honest. The the way that Percy knows Luke is as an enemy, and the way that Annabeth knows him is a little as an enemy, but mostly as a friend, a close friend, someone she relied on. Mister Queen says, Did, "Didn't someone say that Kronos was possessing him?" Uh, said I believe that he's that Luke is under Kronos' spell. Uh, we don't know what that means yet, but maybe we will find out. Sanders says, as far as the reason why he's alive, I think the book <laughs> and Sanders getting pretty meta. Sander, and so we will talk about this as a as a consideration of the genre. Yes, I think the the, uh, the this genre does tend to shy away from truly killing people that we feel are important. Th- that this genre does tend to do that, and I think. Um, when this genre, when books in this genre challenge that expectation, it can make them seriously powerful. Mr. Queen says, how does Sam not cry during sad parts of the book, though? Um, it's because I'm bouncing back and forth between a lot of different emotions, and uh, with, especially with the way that this one is written, um, it doesn't tend to sit. In the sadness in the grief it doesn't tend to sit there because before i can really get like too wrapped up when wrapped up in it suddenly there's a, a jersey pegasus here to uh named pork pie so this one d- tends to i don't think it's whiplash i think comic relief might be the best way to say it but it doesn't sort of sit and um ruminate or uh marinade or what have you uh, in in the grief Harry Potter did sometimes, and I think the effect was... If if your intent is to really communicate that experience of grief, I think the effect was good in Harry Potter. I think this is trying to stay a little bit lighter. Um... Rose says seriously though he didn't even crack in Harry Potter either. Uh, my guess is he pre reads that gives him a warning. So yes, but that's also not quite true. Uh, there were certainly moments um, in Harry Potter where I was—I mean, I was pretty well gone. Uh, there are some—there are some significant moments, in there, and there, it might not be the ones that you think. Um, but I—I have—I have cried reading Harry Potter uh, on stream. I—I—I like, I, I cried during the stream of it. <laughs> I did that for sure um i don't tend to broadcast it too much because it i don't know it feels like it would feel very weird for me to like watch i would just assume that the streamer is like playing it up but yeah i don't know i i certainly have um a lot of the stuff with the weasleys um was very impactful for me um I had some pretty strong feelings about that. The Weasleys and Lupin um, really are sort of like... They, they cut to my heart more closely than most of the characters in there. Most closely of all the characters in there. Orly Rose says... There's definitely a conclusion coming involving the four main half-bloods, and I also think Luke might die a hero's redemptive death for one of them. <laughs> ah i should just mute the whole thing i like i was trying to mute half the sneeze to like indicate hey there's a reason i'm just going silent here it's because i'm sneezing but then i realized like well then what's the point why bother muting it at all <laughs> so i guess i won't uh jade dragon says bless you but immediately above that jade dragon says omg a late birthday present jade dragon did i sing to you already I can, I'm, I'm seeing you over in chat there. Did I see you already? Because my my head says I have, but I don't know if it was this year. And I could also be totally wrong. In my head, I, I thought I had, but I could be totally wrong. And if I'm wrong, then I'm going to sing to you now. Right? That makes sense to me. Dolly says, uh, let's see, uh, responding to Sander's sort of uh, meta-analysis of the genre, uh, Dolly says, "Same reason why a certain character in ma- another major series we covered were all younger than the protagonists, even by a couple of years. Even if by a couple of years, indeed." Rose says, "If I had a choice of a memorial, uh, my uh, if I had a choice of a memorial for my passing, a constellation would be it. That was lovely. It was lovely, wasn't it? It was indeed." thank you very much for the blessings everybody we all cried when it was happened when it happened says dahlia yeah that was i mean there were some rough streams and and frankly like book seven was not the first time that i that i teared up for for that series um all right well in that case jade dragon uh tell me who's singing you happy birthday today (laughs) who's gonna sing it who's doing it because it, it it shall be happening. I, I you have certainly been around long enough to earn that. I think, got to be Snape. All right. I think we've had Snape sing this one before. I don't remember quite to who, but Snape has sung. I want to say kind of recently too. Snape has sung "Happy Birthday" to someone. Oh, with the most recent one I believe was Umbridge, wasn't it? That was the last one we did. Jade. If you think that you're going to get special treatment simply because it is your birthday, you are entirely incorrect.
1: Hmm. I suppose it can't hurt. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you birthday jade dragon happy birthday to you
0: (laughs) (laughs) now get out of my dungeon (laughs) hopefully that was acceptable i hope that one passed the test Jade, I wish you a very happy birthday. I know we're coming to it a little bit late, but I hope you've had an excellent one. I'm glad we've got you. (laughs) Rose, I'm glad you liked it. He didn't seem like a big singing type. I've tried to really send it uh, for, uh, for the side karaoke, but at the same time, he doesn't seem like one who would send it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out again later on. Y'all, thank you very much for being here tonight. My name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories. I stream Tuesday through Thursday. Tuesdays, vintage Sidecar. Wednesdays, tabletop RPGs. Thursdays, flying Sidecar. Voice actor adventures through some stories we all love. Chapter 19! The gods vote on how to kill us. (laughs) 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 Flying was bad enough for a son of Poseidon but flying straight up to Zeus's palace, with thunder and lightning swirling around, it was even worse. We circled over midtown Manhattan, making one complete orbit around Mount Olympus. I'd only ever been there once before, traveling by elevator up to the secret 600th floor of the Empire State Building. This time, if it was possible, Olympus amazed me even more. In the early morning darkness, torches and fires made the mountainside palace glow twenty different colors, from blood-red to indigo. Apparently no one ever slept on Olympus. The twisting streets were full of demigods and nature spirits and minor godlings bustling about, riding chariots or sedan chairs carried by cyclopes. Winter didn't seem to exist here. I caught the scent of the gardens in full bloom, jasmine and roses and even sweeter things I couldn't name. Music drifted up from many windows, the sound of lyres and reed pipes. Towering at the peak of the mountain was the greatest palace of all, glowing white the hall of the gods. Our pegasi sat us down in the outer courtyard, in front of huge silver gates. Before I could even think to knock, the gates opened by themselves.
1: "'Good luck, boss,'
0: Blackjack said. "'Yeah.' I didn't know why, but I had a sense of doom. I'd never seen all the gods together. I knew any one of them could blast me to dust, and a few of them would like to. If you don't come back, can I have your cabin for my stable? I looked at the pegasus.
1: "Eh, Just a thought, he said. Sorry.
0: Blackjack and his friends flew off leaving Talia, Annabeth, and me alone. For a minute we stood there, regarding the palace, the way we'd stood together in front of Westover Hall, what seemed like a million years ago. And then, side by side, we walked into the throne room. Twelve enormous thrones made a U-shape around a central hearth, just like the placement of the cabins at camp. The ceiling above glittered with constellations, even the newest one, Zoe the Huntress, making her way across the heavens with her bow drawn. All of the seats were occupied. Each god and goddess was about fifteen feet tall. And I'm telling you, if you've ever had a dozen all-powerful, super-huge beings turn their eyes on you at once, well, suddenly facing monsters didn't seem so bad. "'Welcome, heroes,' Artemis said." that's when i noticed bessie and grover a sphere of water was hovering around the center of the room next to the hearth fire bessie was swimming happily around swishing his serpent tail and poking his head out the sides and bottom of the sphere he seemed to be enjoying the novelty of swimming in a magic bubble grover was kneeling at zeus's throne as if he had just been giving a report but when he saw us he cried you made it he started to run toward me, then remembered he was turning his back on Zeus and look for permission. Go on, Zeus said, but he wasn't really paying attention to Grover. The Lord of the Sky was staring intently at Talia. Grover trotted over. None of the gods spoke. Every clop of the every clop of Grover's hooves echoed on the marble floor. Bessie splashed in his bubble of water. The hearth fire crackled. I looked nervously at my father, Poseidon. He was dressed similar to the last time I'd seen him, beach shorts, a Hawaiian shirt, and sandals. He had a weathered, sun-tanned face with a dark beard and deep green eyes. I wasn't sure how he would feel about seeing me again, but the corners of his eyes crinkled with smile lines. "'was as if he was nodding to say, "'It's okay.' "'Grover gave Annabeth and Talia big hugs. "'Then he grasped me by the arms. Percy, Bessie, Bessie and I made it! "'But you have to convince them! "'They can't do it!' "'Do what?' I asked. "'Heroes?' "'Artemis called. "'The goddess slid down from her throne "'and turned to human size. "'A young, auburn-haired girl, "'perfectly at ease in the midst of the giant Olympians.' She walked toward us, her silver robes shimmering. There was no emotion in her face. She seemed to walk in a column of moonlight. The council has been informed of your deeds, Artemis told us. They know that Mount Othrys is rising in the west. They know of Atlas's attempt for freedom and the gathering armies of Kronos. We have voted to act. There was some mumbling and shuffling among the gods, as if they weren't all happy with this plan, but nobody protested. "'At my lord Zeus's command,' Artemis said, "'my brother Apollo and I shall hunt the most powerful monsters, seeking to strike them down before they can join the titans' cause. Lady Athena shall personally check on the other titans to make sure they do not escape their various prisons.' "'Lord Poseidon has been given permission to unleash his full fury "'on the cruise ship Princess Andromeda "'and send it to the bottom of the sea. "'And as for you, my heroes?' "'She turned to face the other immortals. "'If these half-bloods have done Olympus a great service, "'would any here deny that?' "'She looked around at the assembled gods, "'meeting their faces individually.' Zeus in his dark pinstriped suit, his black beard neatly trimmed and his eyes sparkling with energy. Next to him sat a beautiful woman with silver hair braided over one shoulder and a dress that shimmered in colors like peacock feathers, the Lady Hera. On Zeus's right, my father Poseidon. Next to him a huge lump of a man with a leg and a steel brace, a misshapen head and a wild brown beard, fire flickering through his whiskers the lord of the forges, Hephaestus. Hermes winked at me. He was wearing a business suit today, checking messages on his caduceus mobile phone. Apollo leaned back in his huge throne with his shades on. He had iPod headphones on, so I wasn't sure he was even listening, but he gave me a thumbs up. Dionysus looked bored, twirling a grapevine between his fingers, and Ares, well, he sat on a chrome and leather throne, glowering at me while he sharpened a knife. On the lady's side of the throne room, a dark-haired goddess in green robe sat next to Hera on a throne woven of apple-tree branches. Demeter, goddess of the harvest. Next to her sat a beautiful grey-eyed woman in an elegant white dress. She could only be Annabeth's mother, Athena. Then there was Aphrodite, who smiled at me knowingly and made me blush in spite of myself, All the Olympians, in one place. So much power in this room, it was a miracle the whole palace didn't blow apart. I gotta say, Apollo broke the silence, these kids did okay. He cleared his throat and began to recite, heroes win laurels. Um, yes, first class, Hermes interrupted, like he was anxious to avoid Apollo's poetry. Uh, "'All in favor of not disintegrating them?' "'A few hands tentatively went up. "'Demeter, Aphrodite. "'Now, wait just a minute!' "'Ares growled. "'He pointed at Talia and me.
1: "'These two are
0: dangerous. "'It'd be much safer while we got them here.' "'Ares,' Poseidon interrupted. "'They are worthy heroes. "'We will not blast my son to bits.' "'Nor my daughter!' Zeus grumbled. "'She's done well!' Talia blushed. She studied the floor. I knew how she felt. I'd hardly ever talked to my father, much less gotten a compliment. The goddess Athena cleared her throat and sat forward. "'I am proud of my daughter as well.' "'Oh, excuse me, that's not Athena. "'Oh!' Athena and Artemis, I'm going to get those confused. A lot. The goddess Athena cleared her throat and sat forward. I am proud of my daughter as well, but there is a security risk here with the other two. Mother, Annabeth said, how can you... Athena cut her off with a calm but firm look. It is unfortunate that my father Zeus and my uncle Poseidon chose to break their oath not to have more children. Only Hades kept up his word, a fact that I find ironic. As we know from the great prophecy, children of the three elder gods, such as Talia and Percy, are dangerous. As thick-headed as he is, Ares has a point. Right, Ares said. Hey, wait a minute, who are you calling... He started to get up, but a grapevine grew around his waist like a seatbelt and pulled him back down. "'Ah, uh, please, Ares,' Dionysus sighed. He saved the fighting for later.' Ares cursed and ripped away the vine.
1: "'Yeah, one to top, you old drunk. You seriously want to protect these brats?'
0: Dionysus gazed down at us wearily. "'I've got no love for them. Athena, do you truly think that it's safest to destroy them? I do not pass judgment, Athena said. I only point out the risk. What we do, the council must decide. I would not have them punished, Artemis said. I would have them rewarded. If we destroy heroes who have done us a great favour, then we are no better than the Titans. If this is Olympian justice, I would have none of it. (laughs) Calm down, sis, Apollo said. "Geez, you need to lighten up. Don't call me sis. I will reward them. Well, Zeus grumbled. Perhaps. But the monster, at least, must be destroyed.
1: Have we got an agreement about that?
0: A lot of nodding heads. It took me a second to realize what they were saying. And then my heart turned to lead. Bessie? You want to destroy Bessie?
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Bessie protested. My father frowned. You named the Alphaeotaurus Bessie? Dad, I said. He's just a sea creature. A really nice sea creature. You can't destroy him. Poseidon shifted uncomfortably. Percy, the monster's power is considerable. If the titans were to steal it, or... You can't, I insisted. I looked at Zeus. I probably should have been afraid of him, but I stared him right in the eye. Controlling the prophecies never works, isn't that true? Besides, best the of your is innocent. Killing something like that's wrong. It's just as wrong as Kronos as, uh, eating his children just because of something they might do. It's wrong. Zeus seemed to consider this. His eyes drifted to his daughter, Talia. "'And what are the risks? Chromos knows full well. If one of you were to sacrifice the beast's entrails, you would have the power to destroy us. Do you think that you can... Do you think that we can let that possibility remain? You, my daughter, will turn sixteen on the morrow, just as the prophecy says.' "'You have to trust them,' Anabath spoke up. "'Sir... You have to trust them." Zeus scowled. "'Trust a hero!' "'Annabeth is right,' Artemis said, "'which is why I must first make a reward. My faithful companion, Zoe Nightshade, has passed into the stars. I must have a new lieutenant, and I intend to choose one. But first, Father Zeus, I must speak to you privately.' Zeus beckoned Artemis forward. He leaned down and listened to her as she spoke in his ear. A feeling of panic seized me. Annabeth, I said under my breath. Don't. She frowned at me. What? Look, I I need to tell you something, I continued. The words came tumbling out of me. I couldn't stand it if—I don't want you to— Percy, she said, you look like you're going to be sick. And that's how I felt. I wanted to say more, but my tongue betrayed me. It, it wouldn't move because of the fear in my stomach. And then Artemis turned. "'I shall have a new lieutenant,' she announced, if she will accept it.' "'No,' I murmured. "'Talia,' Artemis said, daughter of Zeus, will you join the hunt?' stunned silence filled the room i stared at talia unable to believe what i was hearing annabeth smiled she squeezed talia's hand and let it go as if she'd been expecting this all along i will talia said firmly zeus rose his eyes full of concern my
1: daughter consider well
0: father she said i will not turn sixteen tomorrow "'I'll never turn sixteen. I won't let this prophecy be mine. i stand with my sister, Artemis. Cronus will never tempt me again.' She knelt before the goddess and began the words I remembered from Bianca's oath, what seemed like so long ago. "'I pledge myself to the goddess Artemis. I turn my back on a company of men.' afterward talia did something that surprised me as much as the pledge she came over to me smiled and in front of the whole assembly she came over to me smiled and in front of the whole assembly she gave me a big hug i blushed when she pulled away and gripped my shoulders i said um aren't you supposed to not do that anymore like hug boys i mean i'm honoring a friend she corrected I must join the hunt, Percy. I haven't known peace since—since Half-Blood Hill. I finally feel like I've got a home. But you're a hero. You will be the one of the prophecy." "'Great!' I muttered. "'I'm proud to be your friend.' She hugged Annabeth, who was trying hard not to cry. Then she even hugged Grover, who looked ready to pass out, like somebody had just given him an all-you-can-eat enchilada coupon. Then Talia went to stand by Artemis' side. Now for the Ophiotorus, Artemis said. Uh, this boy's still dangerous, Dionysus. Dionysus warned. That beast is a temptation to great power. Even if we do spare the boy? No. I looked around at all the gods. Please, keep the Ophiatoris safe. My dad can hide him under the sea somewhere, or, or we'll keep him in an aquarium here at Olympus, but you have to protect him. And why should we trust you? rumbled Hephaestus. I'm only fourteen, I said. At the f- prophecies about me, I, I, it's two more years. Two years for Kronos to deceive you. Athena said. Much can change in two years, my young hero. Mother? Annabeth said, exasperated. It is only the truth, my child. It is bad strategy to keep the animal alive, or the boy. My father stood. I will not have a sea creature destroyed if I can help it. And I can help it. He held out his hand, and a trident appeared in it a twenty-foot-long shaft of bronze with three spear tips that shimmered with blue, watery light. "'I will vouch for the boy in the safety of the Ophiatorus.' "'You won't take it under the sea,' Zeus said suddenly. "'I won't have that kind of bargaining chip in your possession.' "'Brother, please,' Poseidon sighed. Zeus's lightning bolt appeared in his hands, a shaft of electricity that filled the whole room with the smell of ozone." All right, fine, Poseidon said. I'll build an aquarium here for the creature. If Festus can help me. The creature will be safe. We shall protect it with all of our powers. The boy will not betray us. I can vouch for this on my honor. Zeus thought about this.
1: All in favor!
0: To my surprise, a lot of hands went up. Dionysus abstained. So did Ares and Athena, but everybody else. We've got a majority, Zeus decreed. And so, since we'll not be destroying these heroes, I imagine we should honour them.
1: Let the triumph celebration begin.
0: There are parties, and then there are huge, major blowout parties, and then there are Olympian parties. If you ever get the chance, go for the Olympian. The Nine Muses cranked up the tunes, and I realized the music was whatever you wanted it to be. The gods could listen to classical, and the younger demigods heard hip-hop or whatever, and it was all the same soundtrack. No arguments, no fights to change the radio station, just requests to crank it up. Dionysus went around, growing refreshment stands out of the ground, and a beautiful woman walked arm-in-arm with him, his wife, Ariadne. Dionysus looked happy for the first time. Nectar and ambrosia overflowed from golden fountains, and platters of mortal snack foods crowded the banquet tables. Golden goblets filled with whatever drink you wanted. Grover trotted around with a full plate of tin cans and enchiladas, and his goblet was full of double espresso latte, which he kept muttering over like an incantation. Pan! Pan! Gods kept coming over to congratulate me. Thankfully, they had reduced themselves to human size, so they didn't accidentally trample partygoers underneath their feet. Hermes started chatting with me, and he was so cheerful I hated to tell him what had happened to his least favorite son, Luke. But before I could even get up the courage, Hermes had to call on his caduceus and walked away. Apollo told me I could drive his sun chariot any time, if I ever wanted archery lessons. Uh, Thanks, I told him, but seriously, I am no good at archery. (laughs) Nonsense, he said. Target practice from the chariot as we fly over the U.S. is the best kind of fun that there is. I made some excuses and wove around through the crowds that were dancing in the palace courtyards. I was looking for Annabeth. Last I saw her, she'd been dancing with some minor godling. Then a man's voice behind me said, You won't let me down, I hope. I turned and found Poseidon smiling at me. Oh. Hey, Dad. Hello, Percy. You've done well. His praise made me feel uneasy. I mean, it felt good, but I knew just how much he'd put himself on the line, vouching for me. It would have been a lot easier to let the others disintegrate me. I'm not going to let you down, I promised. He nodded. I had trouble reading God's emotions, but I wondered if he had some doubts. Your friend, Luke... He's not my friend, I blurted out i realized it was probably rude to interrupt sorry your former friend luke poseidon corrected he wants promise things like that it was Hermes's pride and joy just bear that in mind percy even the bravest can fall luke fell pretty hard i agreed he's dead poseidon shook his head No, Percy, he's not. I stared at him. What? I believe Annabeth told you this. Luke still lives. I've seen it. His boat sails from San Francisco with the remains of Kronos even now. He will retreat and regroup before assaulting you again. I'll do my best to destroy his boat with storms, but he's making alliances with my enemies, the older spirits of the sea. They will fight to protect him. How can he be alive? I said. That fall should have killed him. Poseidon looked troubled. I don't know, Percy. But beware of him. He's more dangerous than ever. And that golden coffin is still with him, still growing in strength. What about Atlas? I said. What's to prevent him from escaping again? Couldn't he just force some giant or something to take this guy for him? my father snorted in derision if it were so easy he would have done that long long time ago no my son the curse of the sky can only be forced upon a titan one of the children of gaia and oranos anyone else must choose to take the bird to their own free will only a hero someone with strength a true heart and great courage would do such a thing No one in Kronos' army would dare to bear that weight, even upon pain of death. Luke did it, I said. He let Atlas go, and then he tricked Annabeth into saving him and used her to convince Artemis to take the sky. Yes, Poseidon said. Luke is an interesting case. I think he wanted to say more, but just then Bessie started mooing from across the courtyard. Some demigods were playing with his water sphere, joyously pushing it back and forth over the top of the crowd. i better go take care of that, Poseidon grumbled. Can't have the Alpha Taurus tossed around like a beach ball. you be good, my son. We may not speak again for some time. And just like that, he was gone. I was about to keep searching the crowd when another voice spoke. Your father takes a great risk, you know. I found myself face to face with a gray-eyed woman who looked so much like Annabeth I almost called her that. Uh, Athena? I tried not to sound resentful after the way she'd written me off in the council, but I guess I didn't hide it very well. She smiled, dryly. Do not judge me too harshly, half-blood. Wise counsel is not always popular, but I spoke the truth. You are dangerous. You never took risks. She nodded. I concede the point. You may perhaps be useful, and yet your fatal flaw may destroy us as well as yourself. My heart crept into my throat. A year ago, Annabeth and I had a talk about fatal flaws. Every hero had one. Hers, she said, was pride. She believed she could do anything. Like holding up the world, for instance. Or saving Luke. But I didn't really know what mine was. Athena looked almost sorry for me. Kronos knows your flaw, even if you do not. He knows how to study his enemies. "'Think, Percy. How has he manipulated you? First, your mother was taken from you, then your best friend Grover, now my daughter Annabeth.' "'She paused, disapproving. "'In each case, your loved ones have been used to lure you into Kronos's traps. her fatal flaw is personal loyalty, Percy. "'You do not know when it is time to cut your losses. "'To save a friend, you would sacrifice the world.' in a hero of the prophecy that is very, very dangerous. I balled my fists. It's not a flaw. It's just because I wanted to help my friends... The most dangerous flaws are the ones in which... The most dangerous flaws are the ones which are good in moderation, she said. Evil is easy to fight. Lack of wisdom? That is very hard indeed. I wanted to argue, but I found I couldn't. Athena was pretty darn smart. I hope the council's decision will prove wise, Athena said, but I will be watching, Percy Jackson. I do not approve of your relationship with my daughter. I do not think it wise for either of you. I'm sure you begin to waver in your loyalties. She fixed me with her cold, grey stare, and I realized what a terrible enemy Athena would make. Ten times worse than Ares or Dionysus, or maybe even my father. Athena would never give up. She would never do something rash or stupid just because she hated you. And if she made a plan to destroy you, it would not fail. Percy? Annabeth said, running through the crowd. She stopped short when she saw who she was talking She stopped short when she saw who I was talking to. Oh, Mom. I will leave you. Athena said for now she turned and strode toward the crowds which parted before her as if she were carrying Aegis. was she giving you a hard time Annabeth asked and eh, no it's fine she studied me with concern she touched the new streak of gray in my hair that matched hers exactly our painful souvenir from holding Atlas's burden There was a lot I'd wanted to say to Annabeth, but Athena had taken the confidence right out of me. I felt like I'd been punched in the gut. I do not approve of your relationship with my daughter. So, Annabeth said, you want to tell me what happened earlier? The music was playing. People were dancing in the streets. I said, "I, um, I was thinking that we got interrupted at Westover Hall. And I think I owe you a dance. She smiled slowly. (laughs) All right, seaweed brain. So I took her hand. And I don't know what everybody else heard, but to me it sounded like a slow dance. A little sad, but maybe a little hopeful, too. There we have an end to the penultimate chapter of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Titans' Curse. I think this has been an interesting one. We've sort of gone pretty, pretty... I mean, we we started with a very young series, I think. It felt young to me. Um, The themes and such felt young not underdeveloped but like they were they they were kind of aimed at a slightly younger audience and now we are starting to grow up a bit we're starting to grow a bit i want you to keep track of that as we continue on with our very final chapter of the evening now uh says we had a four chapter day over in harry potter and i don't I mean, I don't remember it. I don't know remember what it was. And we might have had one, like, I guess in my head, I'm imagining that if we had a four-chapter day for Harry Potter, it was probably because I needed to, like, catch up on one chapter that kind of got wonky on a stream. But hey, I could be wrong. I have been wrong before, but it was a weird day. Um, y'all, I hope you are enjoying this quite a bit. Let's talk break question, shall we? But first, got to hydrate. i got to hydrate here because I don't take enough time to do that during the chapters. I'm getting pinged like crazy over in Discord. What's going on over here? Hey, what's your deal? What's your deal, Discord? <sighs> delicious, delicious water. True nectar. <laughs> um I really like Discord, everybody. By the way, anyone who's just joining us, my name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories. It would be a little odd to have you here if you didn't know what this was all about, but if you don't, I am very glad to have you here. Um, there's going to be a link popping up in chat here for the uh, for the everything, frankly. It's my little link tree, and it will take you to back episodes of things. Right now, I am plugging along really... I'm, I'm, I mean, I got my head down, and I am rushing forward with the editing. Um, I've decided to do kind of rough cuts of everything, stuff to get them online earlier, um, and it allowed me to do an entire book yesterday, so, um, y'all can expect, I mean, I'm hoping to be, I'm hoping to have the entirety of Harry Potter online by next week, um, and then, uh, after that, I will be getting into Percy Jackson, and then I'll start to do the, uh, vintage sidecar stuff, uh, and then I will work, finally, on some of the, um, uh, some of the tabletop RPG business, including Chatplay's Dungeon World, um, which will finally be up in in its entirety. Uh, Sander, I know you're going to get me about it. I know you're going to, Sander, because uh, we have not... Uh, the the final episodes of that, uh, I just got like... It, it got really messy on me really quickly. Uh, hopefully this, you know, sort of Spotify slash podcast style thing will be a little easier. Um, but... Everybody, I hope you've enjoyed this quite a bit. I certainly have. Let's talk chatter break question and then I'm going to review for people and then we'll talk about the chatter break question because I should have asked you before and then blathered on and on about random stuff and then we could have talked about it and then done review. But instead, let's talk chatter break question because I'm not going to take a full break here. I don't think I need one. My voice is feeling strong, my bladder's feeling empty, my throat is feeling wet, so we're good to go. <laughs> um, our chatter break question. I mean, the the gods have come to kind of an interesting conclusion here, but the vote was not maybe what we expected, right? Um, it's possible there was a bit of an expectation there. Uh, we got to keep in mind that Percy has been just hyper aware of the um, <sighs> hyper aware of the prophecies. The prophecies that really seem to be dictating his life for a large part. Uh, We get the the shock revelation that uh, Tali is going to be joining the hunt and therefore is never going to turn 16. So she is stepping away from the prophecy altogether. She will never turn 16, so the prophecy isn't about her anymore, so it must be about Percy, right? It seems that way. At the end of the day, um, we are left with this big question. What is going to happen to the rest of the heroes here? I mean, Percy is dangerous. He presents a threat to the gods because now it's just him. As far as we know, it's just him, right? Um, does not know what the... W- we don't know how Percy is going to turn out, but to the gods, especially to Athena, it would seem, uh, Annabeth's mother, Athena, it seems that the big concern is, well, who knows how it'll go, but if we leave percy jackson alive then he may well go on to be the one that fulfills the prophecy and brings down the gods we shall find out um, but uh, i want to know all of your thoughts on uh and not on the prophecy because i think we've sort of beat that one to death but um i think in percy's position here uh he has had to say hello and goodbye so many times at this point. Um, I think we can pretty well guess Talia's not going to like stick around at camp. So, it's been I think less than a year, is that correct? Less than, I think it's been about less than a year. I'm pretty confident it's been less than a year that he has spent time with Talia and much like, you know, some of the other encounters that he's had, uh, much like the, the life that Talia led with Annabeth and Luke, they have saved each other and been saved by each other. Um, They have survived together. They have lost together. Bianca, Zoe, um, Annabeth. And now they're separating once again. How do we think this is going to affect Percy and the sort of relationship slash alliances that he forms? That's my big question. There's the Chatterbreak question is, how do we think all of these Goodbyes, frankly, are going to change the way that Percy feels about alliances. Because we we know about all these these moments, but at the same time, I think he really recognizes the part that all of these people play in his life. You know, he could he could have chosen to sort of fight for himself rather than let Artemis jump into the fight. He could have chosen to um, he could have chosen in a number of instances just um, sort of like sort of be be the big boss for himself um and to to really make sure he maintains control but he's given control to to Zoe at times and such and I think he sort of recognized like you know it's it's not it's not with this this coat that I'm going to defeat atlas it's going to be with your help so I'm going to chuck this coat in the water and let's go Sander asks, the, there, so there's our chat question. How do we think this is going to affect how Percy forms relationships and alliances from now on? Uh, I'm going to answer some questions in chat and then I'll do some review and then we'll talk and then we'll read our final chapter for the evening. Sander says, will Percy Jackson be another podcast? Because I don't know if different series in one podcast will work. Yes. So I have a, I have the ability to, to um, call things like different seasons and I can edit it later on. Right now what I'm doing is calling each book a different season. So, harry potter books one through seven are going to be season one through seven of flying sidecar um, and then season eight will be the first book of percy jackson season nine will be the second book of percy jackson so on and so forth um i think it would be in my head it would be better to keep all of the flying sidecar stuff together you know what i mean that to me seems like the ideal um And so I'm gonna work with that for right now. It's possible that I will change it to be like, season one is all of Harry Potter, season two is all of Percy Jackson. But uh, I do know I'll be able to keep it in sequence uh, fairly easily and so I'm gonna try and roll with that for right now, we'll see how it works. And if I have to switch it up and create a new, sort of uh, a new podcast series for it, then we'll work with that. But I'm gonna keep it to one for right now. Sandra says, "Uh, we have Hades children, if we're right about who the parent is. It is certainly a possibility, right? um the we, we've we talked about like the uh like the, the possibility that out there somewhere in the world there might be some hades kids involved because if if i mean if zeus stuck with it just kidding no he didn't if if poseidon really agreed with this big truce that they made just kidding no he didn't then the hades is the odd one out all right folks a bit of review in our three chapters leading up to this today we have seen the climax of this book uh, chapter 17 I'd put on a few million extra pounds the big final fight between uh, Percy and the gang versus Atlas and the gang Atlas aka the general the one that we've seen sort of uh, plotting throughout a lot of this uh, a plotting proxy for uh, for Kronos um, he and Luke And quite a bit of monstrosity, including Lestragonian giants and um, uh, the Dracane, the the, the sort of serpent women, the dragon women. Um, All sorts of folks uh, have amassed here at Mount Othrys, which, as we know, uh, has moved, much like Mount Olympus has moved. Mount Othrys is now uh, sort of on a mountain near San Francisco and the intent is that they're going to bring back Mount Othras as the, the seat of the Titans and from there they will launch their conquest against the gods. Mm. Big fight goes down. They manage to defeat the uh, the Titan Atlas by sort of Strategically forcing him back underneath the weight of the sky, and he's trapped once again there. Which means that now somebody else is going to have to offer to take that load for him, because only a Titan can be forced into taking up that 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 weight. Um, but this fight is not without casualties. One on each side, as far as we know. Zoe uh, seems to be succumbing not only to the fight with Atlas, but also to um, her her wound from Ladon. She was wounded by Ladon, and um, now she is on her way towards death. She was wounded in the hunt, and so she can die. Uh, Artemis honors her by turning her into a constellation, and she goes up into the sky, kind of to join her sisters, uh, but you'll have to dig into some mythology if you want to understand what that means. I won't explain the whole thing here. We meet up with uh, Annabeth's father, Dr. Chase, who was actually kind of instrumental in the battle against um, these armies of of Kronos, Uh, but the other other, uh, casualty was Luke. Luke was pitched off a cliff and fell 50 feet, clearly to his death, right? Well, as they head back toward Mount Olympus, because they have to hurry. Uh, the meeting is happening soon, and it's gonna decide what happens next. Um, Annabeth mentions during this trip that she doesn't believe that Luke is dead. This kind of rankles Percy, because he's gotta feel like... All the time they've spent fighting against Luke, it must mean that Luke probably can't be saved from this, right? At this point? The... vote at, um... Uh, and so that, that's through chapters 17 and 18. Now, chapter 19, uh, the big vote, uh, quote, the gods vote how to kill us, end quote. Um, this chapter is really what it sounds like. They're in the throne room, and they're deciding what happens next. It seems like there's quite a contingency of gods who want to just kill the, just destroy these gods here. Gods, dang it. These uh, demigods here, these heroes, uh, Percy and Talia especially, because they're dangerous. Either one of them could fulfill the prophecy. Um, Ares, for obvious reasons, just because he is a punk, uh, really wants to destroy Percy, but Athena, Annabeth's mother, really thinks that it makes sense. It is a strategically appropriate decision. Well, the vote is a bit split. Artemis helps to unsplit it. Um, She says that she is going to reward these people for what they did, and she also needs a new lieutenant. Percy is sure it's going to be Annabeth, but instead, Artemis approaches Talia. This works out nicely in a couple of ways. Talia accepts, and now she will never turn 16. Which means that she has sort of checked out from the prophecy it can no longer be about her because she'll never turn 16 so it's got to be percy now right it's the only it's the only demigods that we know of and now the, the vote is whether or not they will destroy percy they decide against it but the um uh, because they've sort of got two years to track percy as opposed to talia who's going to be 16 like right now um, Instead, she'll never turn sixteen, and Percy's got a few years. So they decide not to destroy him yet, but there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on him. Uh, finally, there's the question of the Ophiotaurus, the sea serpent cow, and Percy insists they can't destroy that either. To to destroy something that innocent and pure, like what what really are they accomplishing with that, other than sort of really reinforcing the idea that maybe the gods aren't all they're cracked up to be. They decide instead that uh as part of the sort of efforts toward the i guess i should say against the the rising tides of war um poseidon will take sort of into his possession that he will build a a special aquarium for it here up at the uh, uh up at mount olympus and then they party they party quite a bit uh seems like it's a decent party uh, athena and about's mother really Really communicates to Percy, essentially, hey, I don't like you. I don't think you should be spending time with my daughter, and you are dangerous. There are people who have said things, um, and uh, sorry, I should I should say uh, he also speaks with Poseidon, and Poseidon kind of indicates, hey, by the way, Annabeth is right. Luke isn't dead. He's sailing right now on the Princess Andromeda, and not only that, but he said a lot of the things that you you're saying now how you'll never turn how you know you'll be loyal you won't you won't end this all uh you won't become the destruction of the gods but look where he has look where he's at now and finally annabeth and percy share a dance that is the review as we go into our very final chapter for the evening that's right Gwen. Dog, you didn't miss it all although i will say because you were here just slightly too late for the review um you probably i mean you may not necessarily want to just catch the very last chapter maybe you do and if you do hang out that would be great i'd love to have you here but you might, want to, uh, you might want to hold off and then catch this one as a VOD here on Twitch. Or uh, once it is, and this is sort of more of a, a note for people listening in the future, uh, this will be on uh, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts as well. Go ahead and search Flying Sidecar wherever you get your podcasts. I made it available on a ton more podcatchers. So uh, go ahead and check it out there. Y'all, if you want to find out more about who I am, what I do, follow the links here. And please I hear five seconds of review I'm not leaving basically they did the uh, you not. if you're not leaving Gwendog I'm gonna give you another quick one all right so this is a, another quick review so it's gonna have spoilers for the last three chapters that we read because that's right it's a four chapter day you punks they said it couldn't be done um, Gwendog here we go real quick review uh, basically big fight they rescue Annabeth Zoe dies in this. Luke dies, we think. We find out that's not true later on. They end up back at Mount Olympus. The gods kind of decide whether or not they're going to kill Percy and uh, Talia. They decide not to because now Talia is never going to turn 16 because she joins uh, Artemis as the new leader of the hunt. Percy insists they keep the Ophiotaurus alive instead of destroying it, and he promises never to turn against them. They party. He dances with Annabeth, and he gets a warning both from Athena and from Poseidon, his very own father, that, hey, watch yourself. Athena says it mean like that. Poseidon just says, hey, you got to sort of keep an eye on your stuff there. Okay, there you go. Now, that's right. Yes, indeed, Gwendog. The mythical four-chapter night. Chapter 20. Chapter 20. I get a new enemy for Christmas. Before I left Olympus, I decided to make a few calls. It wasn't easy, but I found a quiet fountain in a corner garden and sent Iris messages to my brother Tyson under the sea. I told him about our adventures, and Bessie. He wanted to hear every detail about the cute baby cow serpent, and I assured him that Annabeth was safe. Finally, I got around to explaining how the shield he'd made me last summer had been damaged in the manticore attack. Yay! (laughs) Hmm, hmm, Tyson said. That means it was good. It saved your life. It sure did, big guy, I said. But now it's ruined. Hmm, not ruined, Tyson promised. Hmm, I will visit and fix it next summer. Hmm. The idea picked me up instantly, because I hadn't realized how much I missed having Tyson around. S- "'Seriously?' I said. "'They'll let you take time off?' "'Yes. I have made 2,741 magic swords,' Tyson said proudly, showing up his newest blade. Mm, "'The boss says good work. Mm. You will let me take the whole summer off. I will visit camp.' We talked for a while about war preparations and our dad's fight with the old sea gods and all the cool things we could do together next summer. But then Tyson's boss started yelling at him and he had to go back to work. I dug out my last drachma and made one more iris message. Sally Jackson, I said. Upper East Side, Manhattan. The mist shimmered and there was my mom at our kitchen table laughing and holding hands with her friend, Mr. Blowfish. I felt so embarrassed I was about to wave my hand through the mist and cut the connection, but before I could, my mom saw me. Her eyes got wide. She let go of Mr. Blowfish's hand really quickly. Oh, Paul, you know what? I left my writing journal in the living room. Would you mind going to get it for me? (laughs) Sure, Sally. No problem. He left the room, and instantly my mom leaned forward to the iris message. Percy, are you all right? Um, I'm fine. How's the, uh, writing seminar going? She pursed her lips. It's fine, but that's not important. You tell me what's happened. I filled her in as quickly as I could. She sighed with relief when she heard that Annabeth was safe. I knew you could do it. She said. I'm so proud. Yeah. Well, I'd better let you get back to your homework. Percy, I, Paul and I, and Mom, are you happy? The question seemed to take her by surprise. She thought for a moment. Yes, I really am, Percy. Being around him makes me happy. (laughs) Then it's cool. Seriously, don't worry about me. Funny thing was, I meant it. Considering the quest I'd just had, maybe I should have been worried for my mom. I'd seen just how mean people could be to one another, like Hercules was to Zoe Nightshade, like Luke was to Talia. I'd met Aphrodite, goddess of love, in person, and her powers had scared me worse than Ares. But seeing my mother laughing and smiling, after all the years she'd suffered with my nasty ex-stepfather, Gabe Ugliano, I couldn't help feeling happy for her. You promised not to call in Mr. Blowfish? She asked. I shrugged. Eh, well, maybe not to his face anyway. Hey, Sally. Mr. Blowfish came from the living room. You need the green binder or the red one? I better go, she told me. See you for Christmas? Are you putting blue candy in my stocking? She smiled. If you're not too old for that. I'm never too old for candy. I'll see you then. She waved her hand across the mist. Her image disappeared, and I thought to myself, Tolly had been right so many days ago at Westover Hall. My mom was pretty cool. Compared to Mount Olympus, Manhattan was quiet. Friday before Christmas... Friday before Christmas. Christmas?
1: Oh, it's Christmas!
0: (laughs) Friday before Christmas, but it was early in the morning and hardly everyone, hardly... Ooh, baby, it begins. It's all downhill
1: from here, baby, let's go.
0: I'm just gonna start from the top of this section. Compared to Mount Olympus, Manhattan was quiet. Friday before Christmas, but it was early in the morning and hardly anyone was on Fifth Avenue. Argus, the many-eyed security chief, picked up Annabeth, Grover, and me at the Empire State Building and ferried us back to camp through a light snowstorm. The Long Island Expressway was almost deserted. As we trudged back up Half-Blood Hill to the pine tree where the golden fleece glittered, I half expected to see Talia there, waiting for us. But she wasn't. She was long gone with Artemis and the rest of the hunters, off on their next adventure. Chiron greeted us at the big house with the big hot chocolate and toasted cheese sandwiches. Grover went off with the satyr friends to spread the word about our strange encounter with the magic of Pan. Within an hour the satyrs were all running around agitated, asking where the nearest espresso bar was. Annabeth and I sat with Chiron and some of the other senior campers. Beckendorf, Selena Beauregard, and the Stoll brothers. Even Clarice from the Ares cabin was there, back from her secretive scouting mission. I knew she must have had a difficult quest because she hadn't even tried to pulverize me. She had a new scar on her chin, and her dirty blonde hair had been cut short and ragged, like someone had attacked it with a pair of safety scissors. "'I got news!' she mumbled uneasily. "'Bad news!' "'I'll fill you in later,' Chiron said with forced cheerfulness.
1: "'The important thing is that you've prevailed, and you saved Annabeth!'
0: Annabeth smiled at me gratefully, which made me look away. For some strange reason, I found myself thinking about Hoover Dam, and the odd mortal girl I'd run into there, Rachel Elizabeth Dare. I didn't know why, but her annoying comments kept coming back to me. Do you always try to kill people when they blow their nose? I was only alive because so many people had helped me, even a random girl like that. I'd never even explained to her who I was. Luke is alive, I said. Annabeth was right. Annabeth sat up. How do you know? I tried not to feel annoyed by her interest. I told her what my dad had said about the Princess Andromeda. Well, Annabeth shifted uncomfortably in her chair, if the final battle does come when Percy's sixteen, at least we have two more years to figure something out. I had a feeling that when she said figure something out, she meant get Luke to change his ways, which annoyed me even more. Chiron's expression was gloomy. Sitting by the fire in his wheelchair, he looked really old. I mean... He was really old, but he usually didn't look it. Two years may seem a long time, but it is the blink of an eye. I still hope that you are not the child of the prophecy, Percy, but if you are, and the Second Titan War is almost upon us. Kronos' first strike will be here.' "'How do you know?' I asked. "'Why would he care about the camp?' Because the gods use heroes as their tools, Chiron said simply. Destroy the tools and the gods will be crippled. Luke's forces will come here. Mortal, demigod, monstrous, we must be prepared. Clarice's news may give us a clue as to how they will attack, but... There was a knock on the door, and Nico D'Angelo came huffing into the parlor, his cheeks bright red from the cold. He was smiling, but he looked around anxiously. Hey, where... where's my sister? Dead silence. I stared at Chiron. I couldn't believe nobody had told him yet. And then I realized why. They'd been waiting for us to appear, to tell Nico in person. It was the last thing I wanted to do, but I owed it to Bianca. Hey, Nico. I got up from my comfortable chair. Let's take a walk, okay? We need to talk. He took the news in silence, which somehow made it worse. I kept talking, trying to explain how it had happened, how Bianca had sacrificed herself to save the quest. But I felt like I was only making things worse. She uh, wanted you to have this. I brought out the little god figurine Bianca had found in the junkyard. Nico held it in his palm and stared at it. We were standing at the dining pavilion, just where we'd spoken before I'd went on the quest. The wind was bitter cold, even with the camp's magical weather protection. Snow fell lightly against the marble steps. I figured outside the camp borders there must be a blizzard happening. You promised you would protect her, Nico said. He might as well have stabbed me with a rusty dagger would have hurt less than reminding me of my promise. Nico, I said. I tried, but Bianca gave herself up to save the rest of us. I told her not to, but she... You promised. He glared at me, his eyes rimmed with red. He closed his small fist around the stone god statue. He closed his small fist around the god statue. I shouldn't have trusted you. His voice broke. You lied to me. My nightmares were right. Wait, what nightmares? He flung the god statue to the ground. It clattered against the icy marble. I hate you. She might be alive, I said desperately. I don't know for sure. She's dead. He closed his eyes. His whole body trembled with rage. I should have known it earlier. She's in the fields of Asphodel, standing before the judges right now, being evaluated. I can feel it. What do you mean you can feel it? Before he could answer, I heard a new sound behind me. A hissing, clattering noise I recognized all too well. I drew my sword, and Nico gasped. I whirled around and faced the four skeleton warriors. They grinned fleshless grins and advanced with swords drawn. I wasn't sure how they'd made it inside the camp, but it didn't matter. I'd never get out in time.
1: You're trying to kill me,
0: Nico screamed.
1: You brought these, these
0: things. No, I mean, yes, they they followed me, but no, Nico, run. They can't be destroyed. I don't trust you. The first skeleton charged. I knocked aside its blade and the other three kept coming. I sliced one in half, but immediately it began to knit back together. I knocked another's head off, but it just kept fighting. Run, Nico, I yelled. Gotta get some help no he pressed his hands to his ears i couldn't fight for it once not if they wouldn't die i slashed whirled blocked jabbed but they just kept advancing it was only a matter of seconds before the zombies overpowered me no nico shouted louder go away the ground rumbled beneath me the skeletons froze i rolled out of the way just as a crack opened at the feet of the four warriors The ground ripped apart like a snapping mouth. Flames erupted from the fissure. The earth swallowed the skeletons in one loud silence. Silence. In the place where the skeletons had stood, a twenty-foot-long scar wove across the marble floor of the pavilion. Otherwise there was no sign of the warriors awestruck I looked to Nico
1: uh how did you go away he yelled I hate you I wish you were dead
0: the ground didn't swallow me up but Nico ran down the steps heading toward the woods I started to follow but slipped onto the icy steps when I got up I noticed what I'd slipped on I picked up the god statue Bianca had retrieved from the junkyard for Nico the only statue he didn't have, she'd said. A last gift from his sister. I stared at it with dread because now I understood why the face looked familiar. I had seen it before. It was a statue of Hades, Lord of the Dead. Annabeth and Grover helped me search the woods for hours, but there was no sign of Nico D'Angelo. "'We have to tell Chiron,' Annabeth said, out of breath. "'No,' I said. She and Grover both stared at me. "'Um,' Grover said nervously. "'What do you mean, no?' I was still trying to figure out why I'd said that, but the words... I was still trying to figure out why I'd said that, but the words spilled out of me. We can't let anybody know. I don't think anyone realizes that Nico is a... A son of Hades, Annabeth said. Percy, do you have any idea how serious this is? Even Hades broke the oath. This is horrible. I don't... I don't... I don't think so, I said. I don't think Hades broke the oath. What? He's dead, dad. I said, but Bianca and Nico have been out of commission for a long time, since even before World War II." "'The Lotus Casino,' Grover said, and he told Annabeth about the conversation we'd had with Bianca on the quest. "'She and Nico were stuck there for decades. They were born before the oath was made.' I nodded. "'But how did they get out?' Annabeth protested. "'I don't know,' I admitted. Bianca said a lawyer came and got him and drove him to Westover Hall. I don't know who that could have been or why. Maybe it's part of this great stirring thing. I I don't think Nico understands who he is. But we can't go telling anyone. Not even Chiron. If the Olympians find out, it might start them fighting amongst each other again. Annabeth said, That's the last thing we need. Grover looked worried. But you can't hide things from the gods. Not forever. (laughs) I don't need forever, I said. Just two years, till I'm sixteen. Annabeth paled. But Percy, this means the prophecy might not be about you. It might be about Nika. We have to... No, I said. I choose the prophecy. It will be about me. Why are you saying that? She cried. You want to be responsible for the whole world? It was the last thing I wanted, but I didn't say that. I knew I had to step up and claim it. I can't let Nico be in any more danger, I said. I owe that much to his sister. I I let them both down. I'm not going to let that poor kid suffer any more. The poor kid who hates you and wants to see you dead, Grover reminded me. Uh, maybe I can find him, I said. We can convince him it's okay. Uh, I'll hide somewhere, someplace safe. Annabeth shivered. If Luke gets a hold of him... Luke won't, I said. I'll make sure he's got things to worry about. Namely, me. I wasn't sure Chiron believed the story Annabeth and I told him. I think he could tell I was holding something back about Nico's disappearance, but in the end, he accepted it. Unfortunately, Nico wasn't the first half-blood to disappear. So young, Chiron sighed, his hands on the rail of the front porch. Alas, I hope he was eaten by monsters. Much better than being recruited into the Titan's army. That idea made me really uneasy. I almost changed my mind about telling Chiron, but I didn't. You really think that the first attack is gonna be here? I asked. Chiron stared at the snow falling on the hills. I could see smoke from the dragon guardian at the pine tree, the glitter of the distant fleece. It will not be until summer, at least, Chiron said. This winter will be hard. The hardest for many centuries. It's best you go home to the city, Percy. Try to keep your mind on school. And rest. You will need rest. I looked at Annabeth. What about you? Her cheeks flushed. I'm going to try San Francisco after all. Maybe I can keep an eye on Mount Tam. Make sure the Titans don't try anything else. You'll send an iris message if anything goes wrong. She nodded. But I think Chiron is right. It won't be until next summer. Luke will need time to regain his strength. I didn't like the idea of waiting. Then again, next August, I would be turning 15. So close to 16, I didn't want to think about it. All right, I said. Just take care of yourself and no crazy stunts with the Sopwith Camel. She smiled tentatively. Deal. And Percy? Whatever she was going to say was interrupted by Grover, who stumbled out of the big house, tripping over tin cans. His face was haggard and pale, like he'd seen a specter. He spoke, Grover cried. Calm down, my young satyr, Gairon said, frowning. What's the matter? I, w- I was playing music in the parlour, he stammered. And drinking coffee, lots and lots of coffee, and he spoke in my mind. Who? Annabeth demanded. Pan Grover wailed. The Lord of the Wild himself. I heard him. I have to I, I have to find a suitcase. Whoa, 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 I said. What did he say? Grover stared at me. Just three words. He said I await you. Everyone, thank you all very, very much for being here. That is the end of book three, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Titan's Curse, which means we will soon, not next week, but soon be moving on to book four, which is the Battle of the Labyrinth. Um. We are going to be doing some catch-up in between now and then. I have got so much on my plate right now between uh, increased hours at work, now that the quarantine is sort of backing off. um, I'm working, like, two more days a week than I typically would uh, as of, like basically upon my arrival shortly thereafter, uh, back from vacation. In addition, I am also trying to do a lot of editing and all that editing takes quite a bit of time and that is time that I can't also dedicate toward rereading stuff. So this slot is something that I've got sort of like cordoned off for doing reading and I don't really wanna stop streaming with y'all just because it's catch up. I would really prefer if we could continue to hang out during that. And so, we're gonna be spending the next few weeks, um, I would say, probably two to three weeks, I imagine. The next two to three weeks, we're gonna be spending catching up. Um, we've got some missing episodes, some things that uh, either I wasn't able to get archived in time, um, or uh, episodes that just didn't really work properly, um, and those need to go back into the rotation. Otherwise, there can be big holes missing in the overall series. Zzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz and I want to take care of that. So you will find me back here next week. Um, but I'm going to be reading like a few chapters of Harry Potter here and a few things of uh, other things elsewhere. So uh, I would be delighted if you would join me. We're still going to be doing the discussion. We're still going to be doing um, you know chatter break questions and all that. But it will be um, uh, a little bit more disjointed. Uh, so I appreciate y'all hanging out with me here for that. Uh, and as per usual, my name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories, and you can find me at other times during the week as well. Uh, I figured it's only appropriate that uh, during the during the Vintage Sidecar, we we actually we start up something new and fun murder on the orient express vintage sidecar is our tuesday show where we shed some light on classic lit i am continuing to do all of my voice acting and such we spend a bit more time on the on the discussion over there but i also think i'm going to make those streams a little bit longer i guess by a little bit longer i mean like another 50 percent i want to do three hours if i can manage it most days so uh if y'all want to come over there and hang out i think that would be a ton of fun um murder on the orient express is an excellent book, and it is uh, uh, made into a couple of fantastic movies as well, which I could definitely see us doing a watch party for. I knew we weren't going to do one for uh, <laughs> for The Hobbit. I knew that wasn't on the docket, but this one, we could probably... I mean, we can do a couple. We could do like a compare and contrast between a couple of different movies that were made of this, because there's one really recent one, which I really enjoyed, and then there's an older one, at least one, that I've never seen before. Crow, hello and welcome. That's a pretty cool name. Is that like a... <laughs> is that some variation on your given name i guess maybe it is just your given name or is that like uh i mean that i know we do a lot of rpg stuff here and it seems like that might fit you might well be over from like adventurer's pack or what have you uh someone who's (laughs) someone who's got an oc or something so y'all can find me here on tuesdays we are going to be booting up as i said murder on the orient express that is going to be tuesdays but it's earlier than the stream i do those at uh noon pacific time on tuesdays i do these at four pacific time on thursdays so Whatever time this stream starts for you, if you want to catch that one, head on over uh, on Tuesdays four hours earlier than whatever time this starts for you. If you need to like refresh on that, you can just te- check the schedule tab here on Twitch, and I believe it will give you the time that the stream will be happening in your own time zone, which is super handy. I've also seen our our resident like tech our our tech Sander, uh, I've seen you messing around with uh, some like is either a bot or something, but it it spits out all of the time zones and I think I might ask you to help me out with that as well because that would be pretty handy (laughs) Crow says hello very long time nickname became multiple characters though Interesting okay very cool to hear Uh, welcome by the way to scooter patrol good to have you here Um, As I mentioned I stream Tuesday through Thursday Tuesday vintage sidecar as I've gone through Wednesdays side cannons that is the name of our. Uh, that's the name of the whole ring of sidecar stories dedicated to tabletop RPGs. And if y'all could see what we're working on on Wednesdays, we're doing world building right now. Spout lore sessions right now, which means that we don't have an active campaign going. We are planning for our next campaign. And we are developing out our own homebrew setting, the Realm of Residus. We're doing a bunch of design and map work on the the city of the Residus Towers right now. And. I'm using a pro- program called Incarnate, which means we're no longer messing around in like Microsoft sketches or uh, Google sketchbooks stuff. Now it looks gorgeous. So if you want to catch cartography and world building and, like, we're going to talk about factions and elements of history, y'all are going to have a chance to, like, develop out groups of wizards and, and uh, paladin parties and ranger lodges and what their history is and what they're, they're all about. And I'm, like, I'm naming stuff after people in chat. So if you want to get your name on this thing permanently, that's the spot to do it.